Welcome to Your Adventure Podcast, a motivational podcast without the screaming. A hosted, unedited conversation with guests from all walks of life, sharing their own personal journey, showing that everyone has different outlooks on life, choice of career, and that success looks different for everyone. Get ready to be inspired and be enlightened of how we all have similar journeys and thoughts. Anything is possible. This is Your Adventure Podcast, and this is Dustin Emery. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Your Adventure Podcast, and this is your host, as always, Dustin Emery, and today we are in episode 54. Uh, Today... We got a special treat. I got basically my favorite cousin in the world uh, visiting from New York. He's an original Californian, but then a long time ago when we were kids, he moved to New York. Uh, Tristan Pettit, he's a locomotive and rail car mechanic. How you doing, man? Good, good. Doing really good, man. It only took, uh, ooh, it took a yeah, few years took, to get back out here yeah, again. Yeah, it took long enough. I'm, I know. I'm headed back finally, so... <clears throat> we'll see. Me, I think me and G are. In, uh-huh. I think me and G in our greens will believe it when we see it. Yeah, for everybody out there, fair. Uh, I give them a fair point because uh, I have said multiple times that I'm moving back, but this time it's actually real. So I know <laughs> I'll have to prove it. But you just got to go through what one New York winter, maybe. Yes. Yeah, nah, it depends if the uh, winter frustrates me enough. I might be moving back earlier, but. Yeah, at least I got to try to push it through the winter because I get a good bonus on the other end of it, but we'll see. So for us Californians, uh, cold is like 60, 70 degrees, maybe 50. What's cold for you guys in New York? Oh, man, on a good day, negative 30. That's without wind chill. So, And I keep in mind, I'm not uh, New York City. I'm like Canada, New York. It's, it's so. the countryside of New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Which yeah. I think a lot of people forget. Honestly. They do. No, they do. Cause, yeah, big time. Because uh, when I knew I wanted to come visit you like those years ago, like uh, I didn't really expect uh, your like little town in New York to be like yeah. that. Yeah. I expected more of a city, but then New York City itself, like, yeah, it's a Oh, that's the thing, it's man. A shit show. Every time somebody thinks New York, that's the first thing. <clears throat> and like pretty much the only thing they ever think of is New York City. Yeah. But it's like... If you took New York City out of the equation, the whole rest of the state, man, it's nothing but country. It's all country. Well, I think for a lot of people, because I know I thought this way like a long time ago, uh, probably when you first moved there when we were kids, like New York, New York City, like that's literally what it is. Like New York, New York is the state and New York City just happens to be a city that they named literally after the state. Exactly. Yeah. That's 100% what it is. I always thought when you say New York, you meant New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right, it's like, right, no, right. Yeah, no, you don't sense. actually live there. I live in the state of New York, right. but I don't live in right, New right. York City. Yeah. No. I know that's usually the mix up, I think. For sure. But hey, we're back from Vegas. Yeah. I know I did the yes. podcast with Gene Brandon I know. like a few days before we went to Vegas. I wish I was here for that. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> funny. But we're back from Vegas. We made it. Yeah. <clears throat> barely. Especially uh especially for you. You had to fly into Vegas. I know. Yeah, I've been a traveling fiend lately, man. I had to get out here and see everybody as much as I could. So, right and I've been away long enough on my family members and friends about wanting to kill me. So, <laughs> yeah, probably your mom the most. Yeah, for probably. sure. Or uh, or memes. Yeah, memes probably the most. Memes too. was more of the the uh, crap talker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But yeah, all right, man. Well, uh, 
let's get into some of the meat. Oh yeah. So let's get it. obviously, I I know a lot about your path yeah, to where you're at now, sure. and a few other things. Um, but and I remember <clears throat> when you were in high school and you did all that. Uh, so like, you know, where you're at now. What did you think about before? Especially considering the fact that you went to what a school in New York that had all grades, right? Yes. Compared yeah, to so, how California schools are set up, we're not set up like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, basically, I I did everything except for high school, California. You know, that was my whole borning and raised here, and then I found out that the uh, the high schools in New York were actually a lot better. You know, we're talking ten kids per class rather than oh my gosh, you I only remember. had ten kids per class. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like your senior class yeah. too? I, even the graduating class was I think like fifty people. I mean, oh, and that wow. was like, that's big. Yeah. That was like pushing it. Like a couple extra kids ended up, you know, coming on wow. <laughs> throughout the time there. But, um, yeah, no. Uh, so basically it, they're so small that they combined the elementary, middle school and high school into just one ginormous building pretty much. But yeah, no, I found out the schooling was a lot better and it was, you know, honestly, I, I tell people all the time, I don't even know what path I would be on if I would have stayed in Cali. At the high school out here, yeah, because I had a lot of different friends, you know. I had, um, I don't even know how to describe it really. Just like, uh, it was like a different lifestyle for sure, you know what I mean? And when I went out there, it kind of like tamed out a little bit and people were a lot more relaxed. And you actually, think, uh, I like less party? You saying New York people were dumb? Yeah, that man, part of the country. Oh, I, I hate to say it. Listen, anybody or that from New part York, of the state. Yeah, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to like say that, but it's it's true. Okay, I found out. Uh-huh. Like, dude, when I was in eighth grade, I was doing things that they do on a sophomore level. So, oh, okay. So the education was uh, like behind. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So like my my junior, or I'm sorry, my uh, freshman and sophomore year were basically uh coasting okay <laughs> that's all it is they were basically like you just need to show up to the class and then junior and senior year came along and then that's when i had to actually start kicking in gear again but you don't think you know uh one thing could be also is for a time me and you both went to the same private school when we were kids you we remember did. that right yes yep. i yep. feel yep. like we their education yep. might have been a little bit higher than like it public was. school yeah and that's what I think it was, too. So maybe I, that was our boost. Was, yeah, I, I think it was just based off the fact that, and it might be the fact that there's more people. You know, maybe they feel the need to actually try to boost it quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, it beats me. But you are right on the private school. Yeah. That, I have a feeling that was probably a uh, a big booster on that. Because, you know, they were so strict. Oh, yeah. For sure on everything. I know, they were crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Now, one thing, though, that was different about your high school that kind of propelled you to where you're at, and you can elaborate more Mm -hmm. on this but you know you which i think was a huge plus for your high school compared to high schools out here you actually got to learn a trade in high school yes i see california you don't learn trades in high school you got to learn a trade after you're done with high school so exactly talk about that yeah so um uh actually that was probably uh one of the main things that sold me was the fact that there is a program called boces it's a b-o-c-e-s and what it does is it allows you to take your junior and senior year and instead of uh, putting it towards, you know, like English, math or anything else like that, like if you feel like you would be somebody who's more of a hands-on person, 
you can transition that into automotive, uh, welding. I, I think they even had like pre-nursing, um, cosmetology. Um, yeah, basically just anything that's more like, you know, you wouldn't really go to college for it, so to speak. Um, yeah, you could take your junior and senior year and you basically spend half the day doing that. So the morning, you still have to do your main courses, no mm-hmm. matter what. You still got to do, I think the mandatory ones were like social <laughs> studies, English, and... Probably math, no? No. So math was no actually math, considered really. a credit for BOCES. Really? Yeah, yeah they wow. did. Yeah, they so wrapped math uh, into it. Math is like a, um, I think they call it out here, classes that aren't like towards your education as much, like electives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Math sure. was an elective out there? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <clears throat> Yeah, it um yeah math and science I'm pretty sure is what they would wrap them into. Hmm. There's there's an oh and then uh, PE. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, just still take PE. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you you could do that 100. percent I mean, there there is a little bit of a trade off. Like, if you decided to go that route, there is no shot you could get your advanced regents, mm-hmm. which was which you is know, what it's a advanced diploma basically. You know what I mean? So you have like a like a high school diploma. Plus, like, almost college credits? Right. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, or, to a degree. So, it's like, it's a normal high school diploma, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's like the fancy version. So, kind of like graduating with honors? Yeah. Or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, job-wise, if mm-hmm. they see you have an advanced diploma, it is a, it's a massive boost. Because it basically means that you attempted to do college courses while, while you were high at school. high school. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, for somebody like me, yeah. man, I mean, and you know this, I, mm. I hate book work yeah and that's an understatement (laughs) yeah i you know you could try to teach me something with a book man and i will sit there and i will just stare at it for hours and just be like what the hell is going on but if you take whatever is in that book and Mm. show me it one time i could do it every single time after that perfectly and it's kind of funny that like you say that because i always think about that now uh especially being in college still you know, mm-hmm. furthering my education. Um, just how people learn differently. Absolutely. Yet our education Absolutely. system only teaches one way. Yeah. Like, because I've run into plenty of students that I've been in class with that, like, uh, lectures and, like, book work and, like, reading it. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Like, they need the teacher to do, like, hands-on, like, writing, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then there's kids who can literally just read it and like they know it mm-hmm. you know for, oh, yeah. for me i'm a mix I'm, a, I'm in the middle there's oh, okay there's certain there's certain categories or certain education that no nah, i need you to show it to me yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And then there's certain stuff that i can read and i'm like oh, i'm good right 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 you know but well and like uh <laughs> and you know and like you said we'll get into this a little bit later on about you know my career and stuff like that but like for instance mm-hmm. the book work in my field or actually all the fields i've done uh because, you know, I've been a directional driller, a structural welder, and now I'm the locomotive mechanic. In every single one of those fields, the book work is nothing like, like what the you real would do work. in the field. Yeah. Nothing like it. We, I have been in so many arguments with engineers because they're like, well, this is what it says in the book. And yeah. I'm like, I get what it says in the book, but that's not how, that's not how it works out here. Yeah. yeah. There's no disrespect to them, but it's just the fact of, you know, it's hard for somebody to never have been in the field. And then just graduate college and, and immediately try to tell me how to do the job. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's just, you know, like I said, it's no disrespect to them going to school or whatever. But there's a difference between me working it in the field and then just reading it out of a book. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If, I wish it was the same some days. but <laughs> Now, 
I'm going to assume prior going prior to you actually going to this high school and what you actually ended up doing after high school, was this something you ever thought about or did you have something else like in the back of your head that you might want to do? Oh, like, did I ever actually think about doing this before? Yeah. No. Probably not, right? No, yeah. Man, before no, you got there, no huh? No way, dude. Yeah. This, my <laughs> life actually, uh, it kind of just flowed its own direction, man. And it, rightfully so. Like, I've always been good working with my hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can, it's weird to say this, dude, but I've seen things before and it could be to- it could be busted up, right? Uh-huh. And I have never worked on this a day in my life. And for some reason, dude, I can just figure it out at the drop of a hat. Mm. I can look right at it and <laughs> almost just fib it and put it right back together, like you know, like it was nothing, basically. But yeah, no, definitely not the path I was thinking when I was a kid. That's for sure, man. Mm. Definitely not. Well, let's talk about like the first thing, like the first trade that you learned in high school, because I know the a little bit trade, about yeah. it. Okay, and I know. I, well, your mom used to talk about it all the time. Shout out to her, but <laughs> she always used to be the. She really would hang her hat on that you were the youngest so and so of this field. So was, you you can talk about yeah. that. Okay, so all right. Yeah, no. So the the very first trade I ever got into was uh, the welding. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> you know, actually, I never, as a kid, mm-hmm. I never thought I was going to be a welder or anything to that extent. You know what I mean? And when I went through the schooling, they offered me the BOCES and I, you know, I saw the welding program as one of them. And I said, you know what, welding was the one thing in this world, man, that even though some of it is starting to turn robotic, a lot of times it's, it's probably still going to need human Mm. contact no matter what. So in my mind, I was thinking, you know, welding is the one thing that if everything else fails in my life, Mm. I could fall back on it. 100%. That's fair. You know what I mean? So, um, but I had no clue how to do any of it. Never even picked up a rod. Never did anything to that degree, right? And uh, I finally did it. And it took me. It took me a little bit to get used to it. But man, once I figured it out, I found out I was like phenomenal at it. Mm. <laughs> and I hate to say that because I really don't like talking myself up at all. But welding is the one thing that I will tell people. I I turned out to be really good at it. Mm. I was. Um, the youngest student to ever pass a DOT bridge exam. And what what is that exam exactly? So basically, or what does it mean? I, I I took the bridge exam as a junior, and they don't even allow you to take it till you're a senior. Oh, okay. Uh, because most of the time, if you're taking that exam, it's because once you graduate, a lot of people just try to immediately jump into the field, mm-hmm. which rightfully so, because if you get that certificate it has to be signed off by an inspector every like two months or it expires. Mm. So I had to, I had to basically get an inspector to sign off for a whole year to keep it active, which he did because he was so impressed with how it turned out. Mm. But, um, yeah, I had to have him sign it from there on out. And then once I graduated, he was like, okay, you know, the only way you could keep it active is basically if you go do a job with it. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, I I was the youngest person to ever pass a bridge exam. Which um, like is that in the state of New York or like the whole United States? No, so it's the state of so New York. But okay. I could I could technically transfer it anywhere. Okay. I mean, like, but so it, you were the youngest in the state ever? Not in the state. I or I, just I in that county. It was in the county. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's still that's still yeah. big I mean, thing though. Uh, I mean, well, because like, what are you sixteen or seventeen at that time? Maybe uh, I want to say. What are you when you're a junior? Oh, Usually, geez. I think as a junior, you're 17 usually. 
17? Yeah. yeah, okay. Not always, but usually. No, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, because I, I think it was around the 17 range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would have been about 17 years old. And actually, I, I don't know, man. There is a possibility it could have been the whole state because I remember my teacher freaking out about it. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to be honest with you. So your welding not. teacher was uh, a girl? Oh, yeah, she was. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And she you was don't a, see that very often. No. Shout out to Miss Collins if you ever hear this. She is a phenomenal welder. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'll give it to her. Yeah, she was just very, very good at what she did. You don't hear uh, a lot about women in fields like that? No, no, you definitely know? not. <clears throat> and <laughs> they get a lot of uh, repercussion for it, too, honestly. Uh, like hate? No, I, w- I don't want to say hate, but a lot of uh, probably you could call it like pressure. There's definitely a lot of pressure on a female in the welding world, 100%. Just because, what, maybe because there's only a rare few that they always have to, uh, like, um, uh, not perform, but they always feel the pressure no, to, like, right. succeed, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, definitely even on the performance side, because mm-hmm. I hate to say it, um, but there is a stigma, yeah. you know, especially it. <clears throat> it is what they would like to call a male-dominant field, you know. Oh, yeah, it's a blue-collar Work with your hands. You're going to be hurting. Yeah. So usually women don't go into fields like that. Exactly. No, exactly. And it's no disrespect to females or anything like that. I I don't care if you're a man or woman. If you can weld, you can weld. You know what I mean? But especially with old timers, Mm. and I've worked with a bunch of them, Mm. you know, they see a female welder and, and they put more pressure on them. It's kind of like being a police officer. Mm. Female police officers, you know, a lot of times they feel the need to be a little more dominant mm-hmm. than you know maybe prove even themselves. a male officer would yeah, yeah exactly yeah just to try to prove themselves you know <clears throat> which is ridiculous to a degree but yeah having to prove yourself you know but yeah no no she was uh but she was very good very very phenomenal welder she was the one who really got me through that class i mean she yeah i was uh i was the golden child there sadly sounds like it. <laughs> yeah i don't like being the teacher's pet 100 percent don't but <laughs> i uh makes her look it, good though it does yeah. and happy probably oh yeah for sure well in her eyes she she had a kid you know basically pass one of the hardest tests you could ever take mm-hmm. at that young they look at her and be like well you're, you're a great teacher yeah, yeah exactly yeah. you know what i mean so it's a it's a boost for her too but that's cool yeah so you do the welding, you do this, you do the test, the exam. Now you graduated. So like, what what was your? I mean, assuming. Well, I'm not assuming. I do know, but but, but like, what was the job you decided to do after school? <laughs> now that you have all so, this. So this is the funny part. Is uh, I actually just I ended up becoming a directional driller, which I did which get into what? the structural welding for a while too. I did both. Okay. Um, but I, I had a job offer from. Uh, a company that was to be a directional driller basically start off as the assistant and then you know you can work yourself up so what's a directional driller um let's see how do i describe it oh okay any building that wants to get put up right basically um and i'm not talking about like housing so to speak well actually no it would be it would be like housing complexes basically or if you're going to put up a target a walmart or anything the soil has to be tested before you can um, you know, physically put the building there. So that was our job. So you're testing the foundation? Right, yeah. Okay. So basically an, an engineer would come in and say, we want to build something here. The soil has to be tested. So we go in, we test the soil, we send them off to a, a lab basically, and they determine, you know, if there's oil or nastiness under or if the foundation can even sustain a building. Because hmm. that's the problem is, you know, let's say it's all, you know, 
super easy sand or clay or something. You could build a building on it and within a year it just cave in mm-hmm. to the floor, you know what I mean? Because it can't support it. So that's the point of, uh, the company was called ATL, but that was the point of ATL is you would go in, test the soil and see if it was sustainable or not. So how exactly are you testing the soil? Like what are you, you digging into the yeah, soil so as deep a, as you can? Yeah, it's basically, um, um, trying to think like you know oil drilling machines yeah yeah it's the same thing just on land basically so there's a huge and you're not looking rig. for oil you're just no you're, you're just, just trying to get oil samples yep. but as deep as you can i'm assuming or no, is there well, a certain the engineers depth? would declare that okay yeah so the engineers would say well based off of the weight of this building we only need to go to whatever 50 100 feet okay so you only go to 50 so you have to drill feet. yeah 50 but feet down okay so the, depending on the building what the building was sometimes we'd have to go like super deep Okay. <laughs> it it just it all depended. Or if there was previous history of um what do you want to say, like nasty soil. Mm. Um or um gosh what well, I'm trying to think of the word right now. Um we'll get a little bit closer, bro. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're good. Um uh, what am I trying to think of? It's like back in the day when they used to dispose oil. Basically, okay. you know, like not properly. They would either oh. dump it into the lake or dump it into the field and then cover it up. If there is previous history of that, we have to go in and determine how much like oil or like nastiness is basically under the ground. Mm. And if it would cause like gas pockets to explode or, you know, anything to that manner. Pretty okay. Much, you know. I got you. <clears throat> so you did this for how long? Uh, I was I did it for about two years. Now, if I remember correctly, this is the one uh, that you actually like traveled for, right? This was yes. a job that you lived in yeah. hotels yeah, yeah, in yeah, different yeah. states, oh, right? Oh, I, I was never not traveling. Yeah, I, I was home. I do remember that. Yeah. They would bring me home for, you know, the weekend normally if I was lucky. Uh, but it was, it was so horrible, dude. You know, because... You like the traveling part? No. Or? No, man. I, You know what's funny is everybody always wants to say, like, when they're in high school, you know, you got these young kids and i get it too they're all gung-ho they want to get going and they're like you know i just want to get a job that's traveling and traveling it's like well you know that's fine and dandy and all but you got to realize that it's not the traveling that most people want to do true it's not vacation you know what i mean like it's it's work you're yeah i mean you're driving to one spot you're busting your ass and then you're getting back in the truck and driving to another spot Wait, so, so you like, actually drove from states? Oh, you yeah. didn't, like, fly? No, no, drove to every single state. Wow. Yep. What's, I have a lot like, of driving time for Yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. I, I'd be okay with flying to each state for work. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I don't know about drive. So, like, what was your longest drive? Like, to what state? Mm-hmm. So you're, so this job was based out of New York, right? It was, yeah. It was so, based okay, out. so what's, like, the farthest state you drove to for work? So, if you basically took the U.S. and split it in half, we covered all the east side. Okay. We didn't need to go west because of how much business we had, basically. Really? Yeah. And actually, to be honest with you, dude, we sometimes would hardly even ever leave New York. Oh. Like, yeah, we had enough business to almost even just stay in New York. Okay. From time to time, we would go to Pennsylvania, and then we did do some serious traveling, but I mean, honestly, it was kind of weird how rare it was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always, you know, I figured we would have been driving all the way across the country most times, but... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. But uh, in the modern day and age, basically, everything's always expanding, so Mm -hmm. it makes sense why we had as much business as we did, but... Dang. So the traveling part, didn't like it? No, no. I mean, like I said, I... Most of the time, I could say I probably was home on the weekend, but it's not like I was really home. You know Uh what I mean? Like, we would get back, 
at either Friday at, you know, midnight or Saturday at like three in the morning. You know what I mean? So Saturday, I'm spending trying to, one, catch up on sleep and then do everything I can't do during the week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like my banking or shopping or anything little like that. Responsibilities. Yeah. And then Sunday is spent packing my bag. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And then I just go right back to it because Sunday night we leave. And then Monday so. through Friday, what is it? Uh, Ten hour days? Or what's the... Uh, they varied. It varied okay. uh, based on the job. I've done... I've done actually just eight-hour days, which mm-hmm. that was pretty rare. But that was on nice average, day, huh? we did about twelve-hour days. Yeah, but so five done, days a week, twelve-hour yeah. days. Wow. But I've actually done up to eighteen. Hmm. So, oh yeah, I've I've worked from four thirty in the morning to like eleven o'clock at night. Now I'm assuming if you're okay with all of that, uh, the pays is it worth it, or no? Um, you know, yes and no, like. If it's a prevailing wage job, or um, there's a certain term I'm trying to think of for it, uh, oh, a state rate job. If it's a state rate job, absolutely, you are making what's a state some rate? Serious what does that mean? Uh, it's basically the the state itself is mm-hmm. providing a very high amount for you to do the job. Basically, okay. um, it supersedes what your contract is that you signed with the company. So like, oh, yeah, let's say okay. they, they brought me on at $18 an hour. If I go on a state rate job, whatever that state rate is, that's what I make. The oh, $18 wow. gets wiped out and I make 50 to 80. Now who pays at the state? Yeah. Not the company, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, the company still is, ends up paying it out, but I'm, hmm. I'm not quite sure how that works, to be honest with you. I think there's probably some type of agreement that goes but Basically, this like a state contract, you can make more. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, all the drillers and the assistant drillers, they always wanted to jump on those jobs because you knew you were making some serious cash. Huh. <laughs> okay. So you do that for two years. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, or well, actually, before we jump ahead a little bit, <clears throat> you said you were also doing structural build, bridge, welding during that time, or this was after so, the drilling? No, so I had, it was during that time. I had okay. a few opportunities to do, um, actually, um, her name was Miss Collins there, the teacher. Yeah. Um, she gave me a few opportunities to do bridge welding, which mm-hmm. um, I did it off and on, basically. What she did was she gave them my phone number instead of hers. So, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so actually, that's, that's like how stoked she was for me to pass this. So she had a... DOT um, company mm-hmm. that basically every time they needed something welded, they would call her. Okay. Well, he she ended up saying, um, call him instead. So I did that off and on for a little bit. And I used to do little projects here and there all over. Like I used to have buddies all the time hit me up to fix their cars and antique vehicles. and. So, yeah, so that, that was going to be my next question because, like, I don't know much about welding. So, like, what's a structural bridge weld job like what exactly are you doing with that well so structural welding in general could be just about anything i mean it could be all the way from um you know huge structural beams that are going up in a building to bridges which is what i was referring to so basically any sort of object that needs welding oh 100 okay yeah like like my dad's company now i was a uh, consult for him Mm -hmm. and um that would would have been considered like a structural consult Okay. Did you actually ever, like, weld on a bridge? Yeah. Yeah, a few times. How does that work exactly? Uh, I, just, I just imagine, like, a Mission Impossible style for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And you're just, like, suspended too. welding for yeah, some Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what it is, too. It's, um, 
It depends. Like Fair actually, now, oh me? No. No, just in general, like height wise, like. Is oh, you definitely couldn't be afraid of heights. Okay. For yeah. sure not. Was, no, 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 no way. Okay. I mean, in some instances, like the stuff I did was actually is very minor. Mm-hmm. Um, like you didn't even really need to be suspended from a harness. It was okay. just things that were easily accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking like little fractures in the frames and stuff like that. Things that just needed to be basically mended back together. Okay. Just repairs, you mm-hmm. know. So nothing crazy, for sure not. But So it's not like you were building a brand new bridge? No, no. Okay. I, I wish I could have got into that, to be honest with you. But it's that's another thing where it goes back to the traveling. Mm. And the only problem is, is if you do a job like that, it's not um, consistent. So, oh, okay. Well, know, yeah, it's true. Because how often do they build new bridges? Well, exactly. So that's, that's the thing is like they could have said, hey, Tristan, we want to hire you on. And that's fine and dandy. But then after three months, they're like, uh, yeah, no work. see you later. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're like, we got to lay you off type deal. And then you're back scrambling for work and doing this and that or whatever, you know. But So would you say welding is probably a good profession for people looking for consistent work or not? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a lot of <laughs> grinding, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Well, actually, it depends on what kind of welding you want to do, though. Mm-hmm. Like you know, if you want to be a pipeliner, you know, you need to start off as a helper, one hundred percent. I mean, everybody's got to build up, build from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know that that's a very good profession to get into too. But it's yeah, it's definitely a lot of work. Now, if you want to do like little stuff because you know you could be like an automotive welder Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and just do that every single day and just fix little things the thing about welding is it's not always like consistently needed Mm -hmm. except for pipelines for instance but in that instance you're traveling all over because you have to follow the work now pipelines is what maybe like gas lines in the ground yeah gas or oil okay sure yeah yeah so you're literally just welding pipes together in the ground? Mm-hmm. Is that literally what it means? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have to have a special certification for it, a 6G. And that basically allows you to just weld pressurized pipe. Okay. And actually, I've been out of it for a little while, but you might even need a uh, special um, uh-huh. training for pressurized pipe as well. Like uh, above a certain uh, PSI. That just sounds like a bomb waiting to go it off. Is, it is 100%. Is it literally? Mm-hmm. I mean, to a degree. To when a degree. they're when they're welding those pipes, there's no thread at all. You know what I mean? Sometimes. Sometimes there is, like if you're doing repairs. But in those oh, instances. On one that's running? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in those instances, like the pipe has to be 100% flushed out and it has to be cleaned and everything else. But like when they're putting in new ones, I mean, they're just. They're welding it together. Hmm. There hasn't been any gas or anything that's flown through them prior. Because then they all get pieced together. Okay. They basically have big excavators, you know, and let's say they're running down the hill there. And as the excavators bring in the pipes, they piece them together and then the welders finish them off. Okay. All right. So now I know where you're at now. So I didn't know that much about the little short journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so then, there's a lot I could talk for hours about this stuff. <laughs> uh, I know you could. So now, the welding—I uh, don't want to say it took a back seat, but like now somehow, oh, somehow you got into the railroad. Like yeah. I never really fully understood how you got into it, so you're gonna have to explain that. No, so actually, so what I realized was that welding, even though I was extremely, extremely good at it, it wasn't for me. Because mm-hmm. the work is very, very monotonous, in my opinion. 
Some people might not so find it super but to me, it is super repetitive. Okay. Yeah. You know, especially like even with pipelining or anything little like that, you wake up, you do the same thing every single day. You look at the same views, you look at the same this and that. And don't get me wrong, you know, the traveling, it is a change of pace from time to time. But a lot of times, those pipelines that they're welding together, they're in the middle of a dirt field. Uh, you know what I mean? So it, it ain't like you're welding not, in the middle of a, yeah, a beautiful Like a waterfall mountain. and like yeah. mountains. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but, um, oh, I lost my train of thought there. But. Uh, so I asked you, like, how exactly you got into the railroad. Cause oh, yeah. Was, so that's Welding yeah. basically so, took a backseat. Yeah, it took a backseat because, yeah, like I said, it was very monotonous. Monotonous, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, actually the only reason why I ended up on the railroad, man, was because of, uh, when I moved back to New York, mm-hmm. I kind of got into a little bit of a shit show, to be honest with you. I, so when I move, or, you know, when I was living here for a little while, yeah. cause I've, you know, moved back and forth like six times now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the last time I left, I went out there because I had a welding opportunity. Okay. Well, I packed all my shit, moved out there, and it ended up 100% falling through. Ah. So, in a way, I got kind of stuck, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I didn't just want to pack all my shit back up again and came back out here. Although, I wish I would have done that. Ah, so, what it is. I ended up at a damn Verizon. I do remember that. <laughs> oh my God. That was probably the weirdest moment oh, for all of us. Yeah, it's so fucking horrible. Because I do remember... Like, it was so horrible. I think I do remember talking to your mom... And, like, just we would have dinners sometimes uh-huh. with, like, the whole family. And, well, uh, and no hate, like, at all. Like, I get, oh, we all we all go fucking... through patches. And, yeah. like, we're trying to kind of, like, figure ourselves out. Because probably at that time, what, you're, like, 22, 23, maybe? Uh, Not even that old, uh, really. No, actually. I, I yeah. think it was probably even younger. Yeah. yeah, maybe 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's so I mean, who's to say every 21-year-old has it, like, figured out, right? Yeah. But I do remember, like, when you did work that job, because we would talk on the phone. Yeah. Like, play, oh, yeah, yeah, play yeah. video games. Yeah. And I always thought it was funny that, like, oh, yeah, like this, you know, like, great welder and, like, drill, oh a God, pipeline dude. driller, All whatever, that, like, is working at Verizon yeah. selling cell phones. All that was, dude, was a filler yeah. job. Yeah. That's all that was. Well, I guess when you moved back, you're like, dude, I need money somehow. Oh, well, and that's what yeah. it was, too, because basically, so I got stuck there. And I kind of sat around for a little bit, and I hated every minute of it. And I was like, you know what? I gotta find a damn job. Yeah. But the problem was, I was in like this weird situation on trying what to find because the problem is, is up there the jobs are very scarce. Mm. You know what I mean? They're not. You know, you can't just walk down the street really unless you want to work at McDonald's. Which you didn't think about finding like a welding job though. You just thought no, or I don't know, like. I think I did think about it at one point, mm-hmm. but most of those welding jobs, they like wanted... Like you're moving again. Yeah, they okay. wanted back to being traveling. Gotcha. And I was like... You're done. Yeah, I, I just... The traveling thing, man, just wasn't for me. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I love traveling, but I love traveling vacation-wise. Yeah, yeah. Working, when you... You know what it was, too, is I think ATL had ruined me on it, mm. to be honest with you, because I remember, man, I... I felt like dying some days. I would work so much and then have to drive after working an 18-hour shift another eight hours. I don't even know how it was legal some days, to be honest with you. Uh, There's probably a little wiggle room. Oh, yeah. Barely. Yeah, yeah, right. And, you know, I, I just remember feeling like death some days because mm-hmm. then I would drive all that, get to the hotel, 
sleep for two hours, and then get back up and do it all over again. Yeah. It was over. I was basically a robot. I remember one time, man, I had fallen asleep and got a full, uh, like, probably nine to ten hours of sleep, and I woke back up, and it felt like I didn't even, felt like I didn't even pass out. Yeah. I remember waking up feeling the exact same way. I was like, did I even sleep? <laughs> it was horrible. Okay. Um, but no, yeah, so the Verizon thing, that was that was just a filler job. I hated every single freaking moment of it. That's but when yeah. you met your roommate, didn't you? It is, right? yeah. That yeah, is okay. when I met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's funny. Yeah, but you know what the funniest part about it was, dude, is I was good at it. At selling phones? Oh, I really? was damn good at it, oh, yeah. that's pretty funny. I was really good. I would have never thought that. For some no, reason. I'm a very good... Because you're, like, you're not like the most patient person. No, I'm not. So And I would lose my patience sometimes, yeah, for so sure. Yeah, so I'm just trying... <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine you selling like a cell phone to like an older lady who doesn't understand yeah. the technology and you're like, <sighs> so yeah. Okay. That is surprising. I have patience to a degree. To a degree. And you know what's funny, man, is actually, mm. so I found out <clears throat> by working this job that I actually hate the general public. Oh, okay. um, oh God. <laughs> yeah. So you probably shouldn't be working a customer service job like no, that. No, I just do people and like. Listen, it's not your normal everyday customers that come in and are just wanting a phone. It's the guy that feels the need to grab his 80-page binder, come in and tell me that I messed his bill up. Oh, okay. Buddy, I don't know nothing about your bill. I don't even, I just sell phones, bro. Like, I'm, I'm not even nothing to do with your bill. You know what I mean? Like, and he would come in and be like, I got a problem with my bill and you're going to fix it. And I'm like, okay, no, I'm not. <laughs> So that's where I would get in trouble because I have a little bit of a temperament, as you know. Yeah. And my boss was never a fan of that. Yeah. That's yeah. almost like, dude. You can imagine. I'm here to sell phones. I'm not here to fix Aunt Bessie's phone bill. Like, that's what we have customer service for. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I get it. Nobody ever wants to get on the phone and talk to them, try to work their bill out. But it's like, dude, you're talking to a salesman. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, what do you expect me to do? To do. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it would start a whole argument. He'd be yeah. like, this is your job. <clears throat> I mean, you got the Verizon shirt on, so they're like, you're a worker. You well, should be able to figure this out. Well, that's what they think but, it is. Yeah, yeah. you know? Oh, damn. But, no, but uh, I, I was good at selling phones. That's it was funny. weird, man. I actually was promoted to the assistant manager within like two months. <laughs> I don't know if that says something about that store or says more about you. I have no idea. I know. Well, you know that's what it is, dude. Funny. And I'm going to be fully honest because, yeah. you know, you know me. I don't care. I'll tell anybody anything, but I'm a very good bullshit artist. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like that's that's very helpful in a lot of scenarios yeah. though, because like I always think about jobs. Like I would never do this for certain positions, mm-hmm. of course. Um, so I don't recommend this to people. But I do <laughs> think that a lot of jobs, when they see your resume, they don't check any of that shit. Wait, what do you mean? So, so say you're applying for a job, yeah. right? <clears throat> say you have like you just I don't know. It, it, I I just mean like basic stuff, right? But, like, say you, you're applying for, I don't know, like a casino job or something, mm-hmm. right? And you've never worked in a casino before, right? But you just put it on your resume that you have. And so that gets you the job, even though you never had. It but, could. Because yeah, I feel like really a lot could. of places just don't check Well, uh, your resume, depending on what it is. Well, no, it depends, though, because to a legal standard, they actually really can't. Like, they have the ability to call the old company you work for. So let's mm-hmm. say. But a lot of them don't. That's my point. No, and yeah, you're right. A lot, a lot of them, them don't, don't yeah. call old companies to right. check. But even if they do check, they can only ask certain questions. Yeah. Like literally the maximum they can almost ask is like even if you were a good employee, they might not even be able to really ask that to be honest with you. Yeah. Like I said, like certain jobs, I don't recommend you bullshitting your way through it. Like no, If you're no, planning no, to be a doctor, you should not. probably be because yeah. 
you went to medical school, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. But th- that's my point, like. But no, yeah, I no, I I was a very very good bullshit artist for sure, and I don't even know if I'd call it a bullshit artist. It was more the fact that like, so I have the ability to adapt my personality to anybody's personality in the room. Okay. My friends and family, I don't care. I will act <clears throat> my exact same way around you, but. If it's my job and like it was selling phones out, that's what made me money. I made commission. You know what I mean? So I would basically, whoever walked in the room, I would read the room and I'd read how the personality is and how they're feeling. And I could adapt to basically how they were feeling and turn my whole body language and everything to exactly how they were. That makes, that makes sense. It's like, it's just knowing your audience. Exactly. Like that's really what it comes down to. Like, even though you're just, even though it's a salesman thing. Like, but yeah, knowing your audience, I think that helps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think the reason why I was so good at it too was because I was the type of salesman that would tell you, if you don't want to get it, you ain't got to get it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it was weird. My boss hated it too, but I still sold like about it. You didn't like, uh, like push it or He like wanted pressure. me to always push it. Yeah. yeah he yeah. always wanted me to pressure. Yeah. And I told him, I said, dude, it don't matter how much you pressure somebody. If they don't want it, they're oh, yeah. not going to get it. So I would say most of the time, because having, I've never been like on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, only in, only in small retail, like Rip Curl when I worked there. Mm-hmm. But that was really small. Like, you know, those purchases were like $10, $20. So I don't really have to do much oh, yeah, pressuring yeah. or selling. Right, right, right. But like for a phone, like phones are hell of expensive. So oh, like, for sure. Yeah. That's definitely a harder decision for people to yeah. make. Um, but I do feel like for a lot of things like that, like a phone, most people know probably, I think, in the first like few minutes if they're going to buy it. They do. 100%. Like usually. 100%, I, yeah. I doubt they need like a whole history of the phone no, to be like, oh, that's going to sway yeah, yeah, yeah. my answer. But yeah, yeah. It, Well, it depends on the person too. Like um, a lot of older people. <laughs> they want to know everything. Most of the time if they're coming in, they want to know from the beginning to the very end, which is yeah. no problem. I never had a problem explaining that to people. But most of the younger crowd... If they're walking through the building, it's because they want to walk out with a phone. Yeah. 100%. I mean, unless it's busted or broke or something Mm. else, you know what I mean? But, and that's why, that's the way I would sell, is I would tell them they would come in and, you know, they would be like, oh, you know, I'm I'm looking around for a phone. And I would explain the deals we had, what we had going on, and I would tell them, no pressure, man, but this deal doesn't last past tomorrow. Oh, there you go. You know what I mean? So, like, you better get it now. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a way to put little bugs in people's heads, yeah. and it makes them think longer. But, mm. see, I always had the way of being able to make it feel like it was their decision. Oh, that I think that's probably the most important yeah, thing. Yeah, 100%. Because when, yeah, when you pressure people into thinking, like, they don't have a choice. Right, exactly. And they can't, like, walk away from no, it. No, and like, that's what I'd yeah. always tell them. i say, no matter what, at the end of the day, this isn't my money. This is your money. And if you don't feel like you should be spending on this, then we can talk about other options. If not then, you know, don't worry about it. But the problem is, is you're still going to have that old phone that barely works. <laughs> and next thing you know, they I mean, walk in the next day and they're take, like, well, It takes a lot of pressure off of them, though. It does, yeah. Because like I said, I was like, you don't have to do this, 100%. Because I get it. Phone bills are expensive. They're yeah. ridiculous. You know what I mean? And I I knew that. But, yeah. I, oh, my gosh. My, my boss used to uh, my boss used to hate because I we always had to say this every time we sold a phone. We have a free tablet for you to buy. Oh, I used to hate Wait, saying it. What every do you mean time. a free tablet for you to buy? It, er, How's it free? Because okay, or is so it like the, half off or something. No, so the tablet itself was physically free, right? Okay. But what 
Did it just get tacked onto your phone? Yeah, probably. No, oh. it's a monthly bill for yeah, the yeah. service. Yeah, it's not. Free. You know what I mean? So it's like, bro. I'm like, I used to tell him all the time, like, his tablet's not free, and he's like, "We're technically giving them a free tablet. They just pay a monthly service." I'm like, "That's not free, dude." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would get mad because, <laughs> you know, they they would buy a phone, and I wouldn't tell him that. And sometimes I would. You know what I mean? I'd be like, "Hey guys, just so you know, you know, with the purchase of this phone for a monthly payment." There is a free tablet. Mm. And then they would ask me, they'd be like, well, you know, same thing. Like, how is it free? And I'm like, well, the device itself is free, but, you know, you pay for the monthly service. You know what I mean? So, and most people actually would end up going for it, depending on yeah, how I presented it. Buying a tablet outright is still pretty expensive. Oh, it is. It was like a $500 tablet. Yeah. So, so they were still getting a good deal, but the, the kicker was, is everybody always looks at their monthly bill yeah okay? oh yeah the higher the monthly bill goes Sucks. the less they like it yeah exactly course. so it don't matter how free the damn device is they want their monthly bill lower you know I what i mean i remember when uh it was before i had an iphone i still had android and i think i bought a new phone and yeah the same thing i got a free tablet yeah, yeah which yeah. i took i was like oh yeah free almost tablet. people always get i was like free tablet it. like i'm cool with that but yeah i did notice that like I was paying for it on a monthly basis, oh, for but sure. it's fine. There's I was an like, activation I was like, okay, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Tablet, I'll take it. And most of the time, the tablets are not even that expensive. But yeah, I just, I hated the fact of feeling like I had to bug somebody to buy a tablet every single time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because there was people that would come in and they would flat out say, I only want a phone. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I'm here for. And in those instances, if they told me that, no way in hell, I was not offering it to them. Yeah. And here comes my boss. But you're a salesman. Yeah, and exactly. That, that's yeah. the store thing. Exactly. So, like, they want to push as much product right. out the door. And here would come my boss. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if Trish, Tristan mentioned it, but that's we have a free funny. tablet. And I'm like, thank you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So, but yeah, that job, she didn't last very long. I didn't like that very much. Like I said, I was the assistant manager within like two months because I was that's good funny. at it. But okay, so you moved on from Verizon. And is this where you get into the railroad? Yes, this is where I get into the railroad. So, okay, so how'd you get there? Um,. Oh, so the old man, yeah, uh, he worked for the railroad for, oh my god, because he was a, uh, oh god, what do they call conductor. it? Conductor. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I was like, well, he's a conductor and an like, engineer. I was like, what are the people that drive it? I'm like, fuck. Oh well, no. So that's an engineer. Okay. Yeah. So he he was both. He, he was, was both. a conductor and an but engineer. But at the time, but he was a conductor. Yeah. Huh? He only liked conducting. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, engineers, you know, basically all you do is you just sit there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was a conductor most of the time. But anyway, we have two railroads that are basically adjacent to each other. Um, his was CSX across the street, and mine is Gen- uh, Genesee in Wyoming. You know, basically. That was the, the one I saw, right? The when Gen- I was out there. Yes. Your road. Yeah, yeah. When I brought it to. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, that okay. was Genesee in Wyoming. Okay. Um, so, um, basically, <laughs> what had happened was, is uh, one of the old timers that worked there, he had just retired. Mm-hmm. And my dad found out about it, and he's like, hey, man, because my old man, he was probably sick of listening to me bitch about Verizon. I'm sure. Because I'd go home, and I'd be like, fuck this place, man. I'm going to fucking burn yeah. it down. You know what I mean? So I, I was just fed up with it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, man, just so you know, he's like, there's a job opening over there. He's like, you shouldn't, you know, really try to go for it. Mm-hmm. And I instantly was like, you know what? It's a blue-collar field. It's something that actually pertains to me Mm -hmm. i was like i'm just gonna give it a try i was like i've never done it in my life and i was like i don't know where i'm going with this but i'm just gonna give it a try and i went over there and you know what they hired me based off of dude was my welding certs oh okay yeah they they interviewed me and because technically they didn't even know my dad like it was actually a buddy of my dad who was working at g&w that 
you know, helped out a little bit, basically. Okay. But he, he basically told me, he's like, hey, I know this guy. Here's his son. But, you know, they, they didn't hire me based off of my old man or whatever. Mm-hmm. I went for the interview, and I told them every welding cert I have, because mm-hmm. I, I have over, uh, that's probably, I think like 14 or 15. Is that a lot for somebody? That's, that, I mean, it sounds like that's a lot. That's basically, this pretty much Or is that as many as you can probably get? Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, there's a lot that I don't have. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a good chunk. Probably it's, compared to, like, the normal person just starting off? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because, okay. like, there, there's multiple processes. Mm-hmm. So there's stick welding, TIG welding, uh, and MIG. And within those categories, there's multiple certifications for, like, okay. overhead, vertical, flat. So it's, like, subcategories. Yeah, Of, exactly. like, a main category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, 90% of the time... If somebody's going to test for it, an overhead certification will qualify you for all of it. So a lot of times... So if you do the main one, one, you can do all the other ones? Right. Okay. Yeah. But it also depends, too, because some people, I mean, if you're new to it, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be just doing an overhead test. Okay. I mean, we'd have to be really saying God is on your side to pass an overhead test yeah. without doing anything else. Or they're really, uh, like, desperate to hire Yo, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, let's just do it. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Okay. You'd have to be super desperate because an overhead test is the hardest. Like, that DOT exam I was saying I passed, that's done 100% overhead. Gotcha. And it's on an inch-thick plate, and it takes eight hours to complete. You, wait, wait, wait. You weld for eight hours mm-hmm. for this one test? Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, insane. God. Oh yeah, that test on one piece of metal. Mm-hmm. Yep. How big is this piece? Uh, it's it's over an inch thick for sure. It, but how big? Like, what do you mean? Well, I okay. So you said it's an inch thick, but like, like, um, what's the? Oh, sorry. The like dimensions of it. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's probably like a foot by a foot. But it takes eight hours to do that. Oh yeah. That one piece? Mm, there's a there's a lot that goes into it though. So that's so small. Every though, for eight hours. Oh my well, God. you got to figure the weld Jesus. you're laying down. It's only with an eighth inch rod. You can use how five small, thirty second, but you're really how big chance is in life. I have to ask because I don't know. Like how big or how small mm, is it? Let me see if I can reference something. Like a like a size of a penny, you a toothpick. The, you see this cable right here that goes into the back of the mic? Okay, that's yeah. That's an eighth inch rod. Okay. So it's it's decently small. I okay. mean, it's it ain't ginormous, that's <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. Actually, you know what? The tip of your pinky. Tip of my pinky. Yeah, I bet you. That's okay. pretty close to eighth inch rod. Okay. For sure. Damn, um, eight hours. Jesus. Well, the reason it takes so long, too, is that because it's a DOT exam, it has to be perfect because it actually goes through an x-ray machine. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it... They basically, they send it through an x-ray machine, and it scans for any imperfections. And if there is even the slightest thing in there, they toss that sucker out and say you failed. So, so you have to get 100% on this exam? Oh, yeah, 100%. Wow. Yep. And you so even there's have, no leeway. No, you, and you have to have an inspector there that watches you do it the whole time. Dang. Yeah, so you got somebody okay. down your shoulder, mm-hmm. and on top of it, it is monotonous, and it is rough. Because, like I said, it's done completely overhead, so you're like this. You're above your head the whole time. You know what I mean? And your arm... It, yeah, it gets out. tired. Oh, yeah, Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. And you got to figure, too, so what it <clears> is, is because this test is so meticulous, you know, if, if you're doing a welding job, it, you know, you're cleaning the metal up, you're laying the weld down, and you're out of there. You know what I mean? With this exam... Every weld you do after you're done with it has to be 100% clean and spotless. Mm. And I mean, you have to spend like 10 minutes cleaning it. It's ridiculous. So you put in one weld and depending if the inspector lets you use it or not, some don't, but you can use a wire wheel and you have to like just grind that thing into the metal and just as hard as you can do it. And then 
you have to take the back of a welding rod, sharpen it up, and you have to take a flashlight and shine it in different directions and look for slag. And wow. you have to sit there and literally pick out every bit of slag you can find. Damn, no wonder it takes that hours. Oh, yeah, okay. exactly. So, and that's just one weld. And there, you know, you figure, so you're like, okay, you're looking at this and you're inspecting it over and over and over. And you're like, okay, I'm good to go. Now, not only that, but you also have to keep a certain temperature range. You can't drop below a certain amount because if you do, the weld could actually bundle up like from fluctuate. being too cold. Yeah. And then if you go too hot, like let's say you're doing it too quickly, it'll melt and it'll blow your whole test plate right out. Wow. Yeah. It's a very, I'm telling you, dude, welding is like being a surgeon in the metal world. Dang. It is. Your hand has to be as steady as a surgeon and it's like literally like being an artist. It's, yeah, it's very, very meticulous work for okay. sure. Okay. So this got you at least in the door for a railroad then. Because of that. Oh, yeah, 100%. They've okay. seen my certifications, and they said, that's it right there. Wow. And they hired me based off of it. I didn't even know about that. I didn't even know that was the reason they hired me. I mean, I I thought I did very good in the interview. and then Not I, that good? You're like, no, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. I thought I was just so-so, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very... I'm very confident, to be honest with you, in interviews. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever been through an interview where I'm not confident. Yeah. Uh, just because I, I feel like a lot of people in life lack their self-worth mm-hmm. and when i'm working um i know my self-worth for sure mm-hmm. it's like if you don't want to hire me based off of that that's fine i'll find somebody who will you know what mm-hmm. i mean but like i know what i'm worth and i know what i can do and i i know that i am a hard worker like atl you want to know how i got hired through them because i flat out told the guy sitting in front of me i said i guarantee you put me with anybody else i'll work 10 times harder than mm-hmm. <laughs> and he looked at me he goes that's very cocky and i was like it's not cocky. It's confident. I said, I might not be able to work harder than them, but I said, I promise you I'll keep up with them. Hmm. And he goes, hmm, that's interesting. And next thing you know, I found out that was the reason I got hired. Hmm? It took me busting my ass, for sure, because yeah. I had to keep up now with my word. Now you had to keep yeah, up with what you said. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, you know what I mean? But but I've, I've always been fairly confident in any interview I've ever gone to, because like I said, I've always known my self-worth. You know what hmm. I mean? I wouldn't be at a job unless I felt like I could do it efficiently, to be honest with you. Like, unless I'm hurting. You know yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. if I had to go to McDonald's and be like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'd probably do terrible in that interview, dude, because yeah. I'd be like, yeah. I don't want to work here. Yeah. here. <laughs> that was I like Jensen, you. dude. But I had to work at Jensen for the hot minute. I mean, you knew this. You yeah. even had to tell Moral, you're like, dude, this guy is a permanent. Well, I, so <laughs> I remember, yeah, when you came out to Cali for a little bit and, yeah, you wanted to work. I remember telling Morrow, who was the, you know, the hiring manager at Jensen when we worked there, was like, all right, look, man, like, I'm just gonna be honest with you, like, this dude is not here. (laughs) Well, well, so I told him, I was like, honestly, he's too good for this job. Like, cause I was like, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Well, cause I knew you had all those certifications. Did I know what they meant? Like, no, I didn't know what any of those certifications meant. Uh, I was like, but I mean, you were, you were welding on, you know, like bridges, like you said, pipes you know um, that was another filler job That's yeah and i was just like you. you know i was like honestly like he doesn't need to be here yeah, uh sure. i was like but he's living in cali right now and he just needs to make a yeah, little just money. trying to get my bearings at the time for yeah i was like now. he just needs to make a little money i was like but i was like he'll do the work for sure i was like but i was like yeah he's definitely overqualified for this <laughs> i was like for sure yeah. um but more i was like all right like you know he didn't really care he's like all right yeah i just need someone to uh like pack a box, you yeah, know, right, whatever. Right. He's like, that's fine. As long as he's cool with doing that, then you're good. Yeah. Which that I think that was his main concern was just like, 
Are you sure he wants to like come down from like this mountain to just do yeah, this? Yeah, 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 to still like, do it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, he sure. just needs some money. Yeah, but, and that's all it was too. Um, but yeah, and I like to pride <clears throat> myself. I like to say that no matter what job you do, you should always do it efficiently. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know what I mean? So, I remember like I was when I first got started working there. I yeah. was efficient at it, and then after a while, after I time, was like, yeah, I'm about done with this. Well, shit. after time, once you realized kind of yeah, remember, what the environment was, yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, because yeah. was like, hey, you know, Tristan's like. He was performing awesome, and then now it's just yeah, off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I like, think that's everybody. You're like, yeah, though. fool, because he doesn't want to be here. Yeah, <laughs> which it, that was. I did get pretty bad. I was to the point with that job. I was like, oh man. I'm I know. Scared. Well, I think everybody was, but yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, um, but that's so okay because you know what? That's where uh, I met G and Brandon, and all them. That's true. And yeah. they're my homies for life. So yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's where I met them too. So yeah, everything happens in life for a reason, I guess. So very true. Um, all right, so you get the job. Uh, at the locom or well, yeah, the locomotive, I guess, or the railroad. Yes. I should say. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, <clears throat> so I know you said you kind of like the, like the head manager now or whatever of the facility that you are at. But like, what did you start doing in the beginning when you first got the job? So, because well, you've been there for what five years, four uh, years, four years, four years. Yeah, okay. it'll be four years now. Hmm. Actually, it'll be four years about the time I'm leaving. Okay. To be honest with you, so. Uh, hopefully, hey, if my boss, if you hear this, uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, no, so when I first worked there, for anybody listening to this, if you are part of the railroad, uh, I am a considered a carman, but I also do locomotive repair work as well. So when I first got there, that's solely what my job was. Which, just, which is, what is that exactly? It's rail car repair. So basically, uh, all the rail cars you see going by, it's my responsibility to make sure they keep doing that. They keep okay. going. Um, so, but as... Does that require welding at all or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because oh, okay. they're, they're basically all solid metal. And gotcha. after they bang and smash and clash around for a while, they start tearing apart. So okay. it, yeah, that's... That's why they they wanted, wanted me one hundred percent because I you know I told them basically like yeah I could definitely weld that for sure okay <laughs> and actually this is kind of a funny little side story but it took me forever to get used to the welding so the for, problem was for the rail car yeah because it is dirty nasty unperfect welds oh uh, and I hated it forever and my work partner he ended up like having to like talk me off the ledge man because i i went from doing like clean welds awesome welds turning out just really good you know what i mean just solid like making me feel confident to i have to now weld on dirty rail cars that you you struggle to even get clean man you can't mm. even get these things clean so every weld you do is like it's it's, like it, it's just to keep it together and keep it rolling. that's all it is yeah, yeah. it might come back in another freaking week because the same weld broke but yeah, it's just yeah. the way it is yeah. you know what i mean and <laughs> i used to get so pissed because I went from doing these like awesome welds and then to this rail car and not a freaking single weld would come out right. And I just get so pissed. And my work partner, he's like, dude, just give it up. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I promise you, no matter what you do, they won't turn out perfect. And I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm like, I'm sick of this shit already. Mm. <laughs> so, but yeah, it took me a little bit of getting used to, but um, it's definitely not just welding though. Like we, so where I'm at, Mm-hmm. We are the only heavy repair in the entire Northeast. So, which means what? Which basically means we rip up the cars and we pull the truck sets out from under them. We replace the wheels. We rebuild the trucks themselves. Oh. Uh, which actually, sorry. Trucks for, is what? Brakes? No. What so trucks are, um, uh, you know the frame that sits on top of a wheel? I don't know if you've ever paid attention to a rail car enough yeah, to somewhat. know. But there's a frame 
basically that sits over top of those wheels. Those are called truck sets. Okay. And um, those have to get, those get tore up. Oh my gosh, they get tore up. So those have to get ripped apart, rebuilt. Uh, brake beams have to be rebuilt. Brake shoes got to be replaced. Wheels do. You'd be surprised. Wheels get smashed right up. Well, I'd imagine with trains, like, going through different, uh, like, weather environments all mm-hmm. the time has to do a lot of damage. Oh, 100%, yeah. Well, and it's it's actually more on the conductor and engineer, to be honest with you. To a degree. Oh, like, maybe degree. how hard they push it? Yeah, or if oh, they're okay. riding the brakes. Because, like, let's say they're riding the brakes too hard, it's causing wheel drag. So oh, then it's creating okay. divots in the wheels where it's going, like, thump, thump, thump. Okay. And then that, in turn, causes more problems and... You know, or even like a lot of the smashing, you know what I mean? That's another thing too. You know, sometimes they don't count down properly or the engineers, you know, maybe he's a little slack in that day and they make a hard hitch. Well, you know, the smashing causes problems for sure. (laughs) After a while. Yeah. Yeah, so. Okay. So. But uh, to keep, yeah, going on that. uh Well, so this is the same position you're in right now, right? Yes. Well, uh. To a degree, I'm to in a degree. way higher position now, but so you maybe don't do all yes. the grunt work. Right, right. So that's what much. I was going with now. Oh no, so I, I still do the grunt work. I just tacked on more responsibility. Okay. So I don't physically have a manager where mm-hmm. I'm at. Um, I run the terminal now. Okay. Uh, basically, so uh, I started off as that, and then basically as I progress through the years, I, you know, I work as hard as I normally do, and I started like nonchalantly taking on responsibilities that my manager was pushing on to me or not pushing on to me, but he was like, Hey man, you mind doing this? Mm -hmm. And there's a kind of a trade off a little bit because I am unionized. And if I wanted to tell him, absolutely not. Then you, you, yeah, I could, but there's a little trade offs because my manager really likes me Mm -hmm. and it gives me benefits. Like for instance, because of how high up I am right now, I can literally buy whatever the hell I want. What do, wait, what do you mean by that? Oh, dude, I have a corporate card. Oh. And if I feel like having $30 coffee for my Keurig, I can literally go out and buy it. <laughs> it's got to be something that is reasonable, right? Or no? Uh, to like a degree. A... Like, I mean, when I say I have leeway, I, I have leeway for sure. I mean, he if I went out and bought like $1,000 worth of tools, he's yeah. going to be like, hey, bro, you I mean. know, like, chill out a little bit. There's, but, there's a there's a, a cutoff limit yeah, somewhat. Yeah. yeah, to a degree. like Because then you have to like, well, I would assume since it's a corporate card, like you said, uh, you have to explain to corporate why you needed this. I do. Like, yeah. how, how do you, you have to, like, well, verify and, and explain it? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, my boss loves me, but I'm yeah. actually not explaining it to him. I'm explaining to our financial yeah. department, which yeah. in return, it all funnels downhill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's got to make sense for the company. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is I've never purchased anything that is, I can't explain. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean, like, I have a, a new guy that's with me. Mm-hmm. Um, or he, He's been with me for about a year now, right? Okay. And... I told him when I leave, you know, I'm having trouble transitioning him because he's a little more on the old school side to a degree. There's two different types of carmen, right? There's heavy repair carmen, which is what I do. And then there's like kind of more like standby carmen, which Which is what, which is what he used to be. And what that is, is basically they work for class one railroads and their main responsibility is to make sure that damn train does not stop moving. So it's like for me, I, my job is to find repairs and and fix them. I gotcha. take cars out of commission, 
rebuild them up, and make sure they're good to go. So basically his his job is to not keep them out of commission. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah, his, so you guys are almost like working against each other. Yeah, almost. Because he might see a repair and be like, oh, it's not that important. Just keep it going. Oh! Right? Oh, my gosh. I'm not, yep. I mean, yep, I just yep, guessed with that. Flashbacks. No, you got it. You I got just it, guessed with that, but I was thinking, okay, he's probably going to see some. oh, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, no. Just let it go. No, when me and him first started working together. Didn't dude, work. Oh, we, yep. <clears throat> I don't okay. want to say it because I love Steve. But yeah, yeah. But the, that makes sense. We, okay. It would be a little bit of a clash, and yeah. he he totally respected me, and and he's got more years in than I do. Yeah. But because of my experience with it, he would respect me and my decisions Enough. a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Because, like I said, his job is is like let's say because um, every time a car is is sitting there, they're losing money. That's a problem. Yeah, yep. for them, that's a problem. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like for instance, let's say a train crew just built up their uh, train, right? They have to do an air brake test, and they have to inspect and do all this. Well, if they find one little major thing, especially if it's a safety appliance, that will stop the train. Either mm-hmm. that, or they have to literally break that entire train apart and set the car out. Which, in return, if you're across a crossing, that's why you sit there for two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? People always ask, well, why is the train just moving back and forth? That is a good question. Some... Yeah. Because I always do wonder that when I've seen, you know, uh, uh, um, rail cars just at, like, intersections like mm-hmm. that. I'm like... Why? Like why? Why? Yeah. I basically well, I'm basically pissed pretty much. Oh, Especially yeah, if yeah, I have yeah. to Most go there, Most I'm just are, like, yeah. why'd you have to be like? Why couldn't you break down or do something else like miles uh-huh. back? Well, yeah. so for anybody listening that is curious on why you sit at a damn crossing for so long, there's there's a very handful of reasons, right? Mm. But most of them are pretty mitigated. Um, one reason is they're trying to get clearance from dispatch. So basically most of those trains, they run as dispatch, which basically means they have to call out certain sections of rail, right? So, um, you have to call into dispatch and say, Hey dispatch, I need clearance from 0.0 to mile marker post 5.0. Okay. And then they give the clearance for that and you drive or you drive the train to 5.0. And when you're starting to approach that, you call in for more. Well, if there's another train coming towards you, there's times dispatch will say, nope, you need to stop your train at mile post 5.0. Let the other train yeah, go by. Yeah, let the other train go by. Gotcha. So a lot of times if it's sitting there, that's why. It's because dispatch hasn't given them clearance to keep moving. Mm. Now, if you ever see a train that keeps going back and forth, like it's just <clears> moving <throat> back and forth, mm-hmm. it's like, why does it keep going forward? Why does it keep going backwards? It's because the conductor is actually switching out, which basically means they're in a yard area. And they're trying to service that customer. So what the conductor's doing is he's putting five cars here on this track. He's putting eight cars here on this track. He's doing more on this track. And then once the the train finally takes off, it means they're going to the next customer. They're going to service the next one. So it's almost, yeah, it's bigger, but it's almost like like a truck driver backing into a spot to drop off supplies, except this is a train. Exactly. And it takes... A whole lot more uh-huh. to do that. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. That makes more sense yeah. now. Anytime you see them rotating back and forth like that, it's because they're switching out. Okay. Which, conductors are very, very bad about it, but by legal standards, you're not supposed to block a crossing for more than like 15 minutes. Oh. But in some instances, it's very hard to do being by yourself to try to clear an intersection because mm. let's say your train is like 200 cars long mm. dude that intersection could be way up there that oh, means yeah. you're either just going to finish your job up or people are going to wait for you to walk all the way to the crossing just so you can clear for them to drive by yeah and nine times out of ten it's just faster if he just completes the job that makes sense but, yeah oh, well especially for him 
Oh, for uh, sure. Like, yeah, I'm sure he wants to get his day over with. Oh, exactly, yeah. Um, and those guys get worked like dogs. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, for these, like, blue-collar... Like, yeah, you call it blue-collar for railroad. Mm-hmm. Like, these blue-collar, you know, uh, working with your hands eight-plus hours, probably. Like, yeah, like, you just want oh, your day to be over. Some of those guys will go until they outlaw. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, it's like, it, it's tough. And I feel like, uh, for a lot of us, even me sometimes, like, we... Uh, we don't give those people enough credit yeah. for kind of, well, not even kind of. No, I shouldn't say that. For basically keeping the world revolving. Listen. Okay. Like our supplies. I'm going to say something. All right. And I might it. ruffle some feathers. Nah, you're here. good. Oh, okay. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Absolutely no disrespect to truckers at all. But without the railroad, this world would not work. Mm. 100%. It takes. Well, because. What- the truck driver... Well, I'll let you finish before I add comment. No, that's okay. No, I, no, I think I see where you're going. But yeah, like for instance, right? So we have a company we service... Or with the company I work for, we service a plant, okay. right? And it's an aluminum plant. And basically, we bring them um, ore, coke, their commodity that they need, right? What one rail car can hold is the equivalent of like 10 trucks. Mm. So basically speaking... If, for whatever reason, the railroad could not service them, they would shut down. They couldn't hire enough trucks to move quick enough to basically cover what the railroad can cover. Okay. And, like, the railroad is pretty much, at least as this is what I was going to say, yeah. was it pretty much sounds like the railroad uh, is dropping off the supplies for the truckers yes. to now distribute across the yes. states and blah, blah, and yes. get us the supplies in major cities and cities. Right, 100%. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, you guys are working together, but you guys at the railroad are pretty much like the first exactly. people. Yeah. And then... If that railroad doesn't move, yeah. those truck drivers don't get the commodity, yeah. and then so on and so forth. Yeah. I mean, it's not to say that every time, because truck drivers can get commodity without railroad. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like from ships or something like that. Just depends on... Yeah. yeah. But if you're moving it... Like, for instance, dude, like uh, I was searching for jobs earlier when uh-huh. me and Kel were driving out to Huntington Beach there. Okay. I was searching for jobs out here. I was like, eh, give me a little moment to kind of peek around at some stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the jobs is unloading rail cars oh, uh, wow. or um, unloading vehicles off of rail cars. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, oh, in, the de- yeah, and in the description, it was like, have you ever wondered how like your vehicle gets to a dealership? Oh. And I, I thought it was funny because, yeah, literally it comes in by rail. Mm-hmm. You unload the vehicles off the rail and then you drive them and then a truck either picks them up and transports them to the... Dealership. dealership, yeah, or you know they maybe they have their own third party way of doing it. But that is a good point. I never actually thought about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never actually thought about that. Yeah, because besides ships, railroads basically the next thing. Right. And, and all it is the only reason why <clears throat> the railroad is the main source is because it's just because of how much they can move with mm-hmm. so little. You know what I mean? Like a truck driver. What do you mean man, by so little? Like you know, because a truck driver, they're they're limited by weight. Yeah. How long they can drive? Mm-hmm. You know how much they can do this, how much they can do that. Like everything is limited. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if they try to break the rules, you know, you can get you some can, serious yeah, shit for that. You can lose your license. You know what I mean? Whereas like a two hundred car train can quadruple that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Without the limitations. Yes, granted, we have weight limitations, but we're talking. 200,000 pounds plus mm. for like the ore commodity we service. You know what I mean? What about, like, um, what about like the drivers though? Like, are, do they have a, or well, like the conduct or no engineer, the one that mm. drives it? Like, does he, can he only drive for a certain amount of time though? Oh, yeah, for sure. So that word I said earlier about outlawing. Yeah. 
they only have a certain amount of time until they physically have to take a rest. Okay. And, and it don't matter where that train's at. Once That's why you, some of them are just stopped randomly. 100%. And they're not yep. moving. Yep, exactly. If they outlaw, <clears throat> that train literally stops where it lies. Okay. It, but legally, by federal standards, you cannot keep going. Okay. And then you have to have a certain amount of basically a reset before you can do it again. But now, they don't have like multiple engineers on one train, so they can just like swap out? No. I don't know how nope. that works. but Just one in one. Oh, wow. So basically, excuse me, uh, if they outlaw... Um, They'll have a recrew, what's called a recrew. Okay. So the dispatch tells them, hey, go ahead and tie your train down there. They get into a taxi. They get to go home. But at the same but time as that's happening, they're bringing another crew to come grab Yeah, as I was going to say, it would be weird for, like, the engineer to get off. All right, like, I, I got, like, a 24-hour leave because no. I need yep. to take a break. Yeah, yeah. So that means, okay, that means the train's going to sit there for 24 hours. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine no, man. the, the rail- railroad or the company being like, yeah, it's a great idea. No, no, no. They got to get someone in the there The railroad's like moving. New York City, dude. You know how they call it the city that never sleeps? The yeah. railroad's the exact same way. Mm. It never stops moving. The That's railroad crazy. will always keep going, for sure. The second that crew gets off it, there's a mm. crew waiting to get back on it. Because if that train even sat for an hour, somebody's freaking out. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it's it, it's um, it's it, yeah, it's our livelihood. I, I don't, it is. Well, that might be the wrong word, but like, it's uh, it's all our supplies for all those people yeah. who are just chilling in our houses. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> and know, that's the thing. It's like know, going to the grocery store. Yeah. And that's uh, the thing is, I totally get whatever. people's frustrations with having yeah. to sit and wait for them, but. Like, I've had to tell people before, because I've actually had people call my terminal before and be like, how long is this fucking train going to be? This is the most useless thing I've ever seen in my life. And really? I've had to literally, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've had people scream at me. I didn't even know people could call the railroad yeah. to complain. Oh, oh, I know. I actually, don't know. I just, it just didn't seem like something well, you would do. I think it's because we have a home shop because oh. CSX, you can't call them directly. Yeah, it like, yeah, yeah, seems yeah, like yeah. a weird thing to yeah, call. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to complain. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but. Oh, no, I've, and I've had to tell them over the phone before. Yeah. Like, hey, buddy, you know that phone that's in your hand? You know the car you're driving? Yeah. You know how it got to you? Yeah, I think. I'm like, it's because of that train sitting in front of you. So just relax. I get it's frustrating. Trust yeah. me, I get it. Because, dude, honestly, I catch myself at a railroad crossing. If there's a train in front of me, I'm I like, know. Fuck, get your ass out of the way, dude. <laughs> I mean, dude, I was, uh, it just happened to me today, actually. Uh, I had to go drop off a, a buddy earlier uh, in Cabazon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? And there's a railroad, uh, or, well, there's a, a track right there mm-hmm. that runs through Cabazon. Um, and I had to wait at the signal yeah. for the train. And dude, I remember, I remember probably like sitting like five minutes, and by the by, I got by the time I got to the five minute mark, I was like, oh my god! I was like, <laughs> I why won't this train go faster, I dude? I want to get through the signals. It's so stupid. Um, well, if you ever see a, I was like, <sighs> if you ever see a train moving super slow too, it's probably because of a speed restriction. Oh, okay. Is there different uh, there speed is. restrictions in every state? Yeah, oh. for sure. It, it even varies city to city. So like. If you ever see a train hauling ass, yeah. it's most likely because they're on a main line and they have the ability to do so. Also, depending upon their commodity, because some commodities actually have their own speed restrictions. Okay. So, like, if you're carrying a lot of hazardous material... Yeah, I would, um, I would imagine you yeah. don't want that to spill. Well, and we have these things that are called uh, key trains, which is basically, it's a multitude of hazardous material. Mm. A lot of those, they have their own speed restriction. They're not mm. even allowed to go as fast as they can. But well, I mean, that makes sense, because if that spills... 
there's right. problems. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Big problems. Yeah. Well, and there's a there's a thing too. So one of the rules with being an engineer and a conductor is your train, no matter where you're at, if it's in what's called a restricted speed zone, you have to be able to stop your train within half range of vision, no matter what's in front of you. Okay. Well, yeah, because trains. Like, they don't stop immediately. Oh, it no. takes them, what, maybe a few miles exactly. to actually come to a yeah. full stop? Now, if you're going restricted speed, though, no matter what, you should be able to stop your your train within half range of vision. So what's half range of vision? Like, what does that mean? Like so half a mile? No. Or? If there's an object in the distance and you mm-hmm. can see it's a problem, you need to be able to have your train stopped within half that. Okay. Well, but how far is this object? Like Oh, it, anywhere. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, let's see, let's say, for instance, like, let's say I'm sitting on a train and I'm looking out down the rail, right? Mm-hmm. And I can see something a mile away. It needs to be, that train needs to be stopped within a half mile. Oh, okay. Now, this is the other <clears> thing, though. <throat> it could be, like, 20 feet in front of you. It needs to be stopped in 10 feet. Well, that's probably not going to happen, though, right? Mm, to a degree. Restricted speed is 20 miles per hour anyway, okay. so it's supposed to be. <laughs> so what about, uh, well, because it happens all the time, what about the people that... Just like try to be the train and then they get hit. No, so that's ninety percent of the time. See the that's way not their fault, right? No, no, yeah, yeah. no. They it they do get investigated. I'm sure they do get shit for sure. it one hundred percent because they need to make sure that they didn't see that vehicle prior Before. or that they at least attempted to stop within a certain time frame because mm. there's cameras on those locomotives mm. and what they'll do is you know like. Let's say an engineer was on a straightaway, right? Mm-hmm. And you could clearly see a mile ahead that there's there a, a car. car sitting on the intersection. If it does not show him dumping that train immediately, oh, yeah, he's he's probably going to get in some shit for mm-hmm. sure. Now, if you're coming around a corner and magically there's a car sitting there, yeah, there you know you're going to do about it. Yeah. You're going to dump the train and it's going to go all the way right through it. So uh, I remember your dad... This is like, I don't know, maybe a few years ago, like when he became an engineer. Mm-hmm. I remember your dad was talking about a statistic about mm-hmm. uh, if you're an engineer, you're probably going to kill a few people in mm-hmm. your life. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Most and engineers have killed somebody. That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say most, but I'd say there's a, a good ma- a Probably more good than majority. 50%. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, my pops is actually saved. He saved? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my old man saved a life. He actually had. How's that? I don't want to say it too much, but I think he might have saved two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they've definitely, they've ran like two over as well. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, no, uh, they hit a guy, a mm-hmm. guy who was trying to commit suicide. and they See, that's sh- the fucking problem right there. Yeah. Damn. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, they'll lay their head right down on the track, dude. That's crazy. Yep. And What a way to go, though. That's weird. Well, this is the worst part is everybody anyway. thinks that if you were to commit suicide by getting ran over by train... Buddy, let me tell you right now, I promise you, you'd rather drown. It is, it would probably be the most unpleasant death you could think yeah. of. Yeah. Because people think that the train is just going to run you right over and just yeah. decapitate you. Yeah. It doesn't. It mangles probably you. just drags you. Oh, probably. it does. Yeah, yeah, that's all it does because there's a plow. Yeah. There's a plow that sits on the front of that. Oh, God. Yeah, and the reason it is cringe. that plow is meant to push things, things out of the out. train's way. Yeah, yeah, because actually not a lot of people realize this and... I probably shouldn't say so I don't get in trouble, but <laughs> you can derail a train very easily. Oh. Most people don't realize that. You you can, like, the contact from mm. a wheel to a rail very is thin, the size huh? of a dime. 
Okay. Yeah. That makes sense because the wheels, when I do see them, like the fact that it's mainly just metal on metal. Right. I'm like, it can't have much grip. No. I would think. It's the size of a dime. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was like, because, you know, like a, our tires for like the road oh, yeah. on our car. Yeah, you got a ton it's, of grip. It's got a ton of grip. Almost yeah. Like but when I see a train, I'm like, that's just metal on metal. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no grip. No. I was like, nope. that looks like an ice skate on an ice rink. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. There's nope. no grip. The contact is yeah. literally the size of a dime. Mm, okay. I mean, that makes sense. you could almost derail a train from... Like uh, a rock? Change. Just put a pebble on it? Um, Maybe? No, because the weight well, the and pebble the speed would probably of it... Crush. Yeah, it would... It, it actually, nine times out of ten, it would just flick it off. Okay. You would need something that's, like, sturdy enough. Like, mm. like change. Like, actual physical change. Okay. If you... <laughs> <laughs> it would be a process, but if you built change up on a rail, there is a possibility you could derail it. Oh, that's because once the metal compacts, the yeah. wheel will actually start riding up on it. And oh. then the more it rides up, yeah. next thing you know, it pops oh, itself crazy. off. Yeah. All right, no one derail a train because of this episode, just to let you know. <laughs> right, right, right. But right. I get the point. Yeah, keep this all to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Don't share it. Yeah, right. Um, oh, but okay, so you were talking about uh, your dad. Um, oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, he, saving someone. Yeah, or? they uh, they ran somebody over, um, <laughs> absolutely mangled him. Uh-huh. They kicked him off into the ditch, and uh, they dumped the train. They got the train stopped, and my old man ran down, uh, put a tourniquet on him. Well, oh, he's a former marine, so that makes sense. Yep, exactly. Yep, uh, he ran down, put a tourniquet on him, and uh, yeah, ended up saving the dude's life. Oh, yeah, I was actually kind of pissed at the news, to be honest with you. Like, I was about to call him up and be like, you motherfuckers. Wait, why? <laughs> because they said what that... What was the news article? Oh, like, because they said that the state trooper that showed up on scene saved his life. And oh. I was like, you bastard. But I was like, eh, whatever it is, what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, he, my old man was the one who saved his life. He put a tourniquet that on it. That dude's got to and... be in a lot of pain, though, right? At oh, that for moment, sure. Yeah. He probably just passed out, Yeah, I would imagine. I think, well, man. Because when you're in a lot of pain like that, you just usually pass out. Right, right. He ended up, I think, Mm. I don't know if he tried to carry him or if he just left him and called 911. I can't remember. Well, because the problem is is where he got hit, man, it's almost in the middle of nowhere. Because that's Mm. where trains mostly are. I mean, unless you're in the town, but nobody's going to try to commit suicide, you know, right on the intersection here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, nine times out of ten, they're going to try to find where the train is secluded. Mm. So, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, um but no, yeah, ended up putting a tourniquet on him, saved his whole life, and yeah, he just went about his business. That's crazy. Yeah, but it, it happens recurringly, yeah. for sure, yeah. I mean, animals is one thing. They smoke animals all the time, but... Well, they, yeah, that one makes sense. Um, oh, yeah, I watched a deer fly about sense. 100 feet. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that one makes sense, because, I mean, like you said, a lot of trains are just tracks are secluded. Yeah. So they're usually in wild areas. So, yeah, there's always going to be an animal. Yeah. And I hate, I hate to say this for any animals lovers out there, the railroad does not stop for animals. Yeah, I would imagine yeah. it won't. Oh, it was terrible the I first time I ever experienced it. So part of everything I do at this railroad is mm-hmm. I am now conductor certified as well. Um, so I had to do a little bit of conductor training out in Vermont. Uh-huh. And I had to sit on the engine, and basically I was just with another conductor, you know. And... We were sitting on the train, and we were going to the next customer, and there was a deer just sitting right in the middle of the rail. Oh, it was just laying there? Yeah, well... Or like asleep or something, or... Oh, no. It was just... But it didn't want to move. Okay. Deer are very... 
Yeah, they're weird. They're weird sometimes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hate to say it, but they're not the smartest. You'll see a deer like run from a car, and then it runs right back into its path. And it it's like, will. Wait, why I does it do seen, that? I have seen car deer run into the side of vehicles. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, I, no, I, I make, agree. It's weird. They're like, oh, here's a car. I'm going to run into it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But anyway, so part of being a conductor's job though is you have to notify the engineer of anything that's on the rail especially if they can't see it because they're sitting on the um you know the right side or whatever and you're sitting on the left Hmm. you know depending if you're going around corners whatever you always have to notify them what's going on Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so i seen the deer and i said hey man just so you know i said there's deer he goes oh yeah bub he goes we don't stop for them (laughs) and he's like were you shocked by that or a little bit. Yeah, a little I mean, bit. You're like, holy I, shit, really? I kind of expected it because the problem is, is when you dump a train, mm-hmm. it can cause problems. Mm-hmm. Dumping a train is 100% an emergency process. Okay. I mean, it, it's like trying to land now, a plane without landing gear. Now, dumping you know I mean? a train, does that just mean stopping a train? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So I should reference that. So it just means stopping a yeah, train. Yeah. So okay. when I say dumping, it means you're dumping the air out of it. Okay. All right. Because trains work like almost kind of opposite in a way. Mm. So when you're putting the brakes on, what it's doing is it's actually adding air to the system to cause the pistons to come out, the cylinders. Okay. And that's what in return applies the brakes. When I take the brakes off, it's releasing air. So it's actually allowing the pistons to come in. Okay. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Because these are, oh God, this sounds dumb, this sounds dumb, but these are steam engine run right no that's not oh, right gosh, no i know dude bro oh, this guy i don't know sh- in the 19th yeah, century <laughs> i really am bro because <laughs> no. you said releasing air so i was like wait does that mean steam no man but, so, okay so this, what is this because it's not gas no right no, no these are diesel engines. these okay yeah 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 <laughs> i'm sorry guys uh, no 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 it's uh, all good bro. i'm a freaking college educated guy and i don't know what the fuck trains are running on no that's all steam right, engine no that's okay okay all right go hey, you're, you're living in the stone age a little bit but yeah no so we well, said air so i was like oh steam maybe well I so know, I to just be fair that. to to back you up a little bit the railroad has ran off the same processes since the steam engine it's okay. all the same thing okay. it's all ran off air it's just all a different type of same, fuel yeah exactly okay. right. i mean the rail car systems dude they've been the same way for oh my gosh centuries they the railroad, I will say, is the biggest reference to if it's not broke, don't fix it. I was just going to say that. Yep. I was like, I mean, if it works, it works. Exactly. Yeah. It has ran the same way for years, dude, and it'll probably never change, mm. to be honest with you. Because, I mean, it runs efficiently the same way. Why why change it? Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So, But no, no. So these are diesel engines. <laughs> Yeah, okay. yeah, these are diesel engines, but they still run off of air. Okay, it's kind of like a uh, tractor trailer, how they have air brakes. Okay, it's the exact same way. All right. Yeah, um, but yeah. So anyway, so dumping refers to basically dumping every bit of air out of that train, which okay. in return causes all the pistons to come on and, and you stop brakes. the train. Yeah. Okay. But the thing is, is a controlled stop is used with minimal air. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're bringing a train to a, a slow stop. Like, you're stop, slowly coming yeah, to a stop? Exactly. Not, like, a full right. boom? Okay. If you're dumping it, it means... There's something big. Yeah. Like, emergency it, well, And it's, it's not just trying to apply hard pressure. It's applying every bit of pressure that that system can punch out. Hmm. And, in return, can, like, actually damage the system. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, it... Like dumping it means that you are just you are giving that train everything it's got to stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and like I said, it most of the time will lock up the wheels and cause wheel skids and and everything else under the planet. 
And this is probably where you could get into like derailing it by yes, accident. Yeah. Especially like maybe on a turn, huh? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. If you dump a, if you dump an engine on a turn, especially if you're going a it's decent dangerous. speed. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it can cause so much <laughs> forward pressure. Cause you got to figure too. So if you're dumping it, that means that that entire train, let's say you got 150 cars, they're all going to start clashing together. Well, it's got momentum, too. Right. Because right. it's so heavy. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So those cars are now all smashing together because they're all trying to come to a stop. Mm. And that, you know, engine on the front end now is trying to take the brunt of all those cars trying to slam into it. Mm. And, you know, the whole nine yards. And, and you never know. These systems, they're old school, man. Like uh, most of the cars I work on, I don't work on any car past probably 82. That still seems really old, 82. Yeah. yeah. But oh, no, the oldest cars I have still running in my fleet is probably around 72. Wow. And actually, those are starting to be illegal. They're about to outlaw. Soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They need to be more upgraded. There's a service life. So okay. basically, you can't do more than, if I can remember properly, is 50 years. But you can apply hmm. for extensions, which... Depending on maybe the situation. Yeah, yeah. You have to have an inspector or a, uh, what we call a FRA agent. Uh, come out they have to do a whole investigation on the car and blah, mm. blah 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 blah. they have to determine whether it can actually keep rolling or not mm. but yeah most of the time it's 40 years or i'm sorry 50 years and then second it hits that 50 year mark most of the time they gotta be trashed mm. or scrapped i should say so as a blue collared worker you know uh, maybe you can give some advice on this but like what do, what do you think you what do you think you've done over the years that you would say kept your kept your sanity going, mental health. Because I mean, blue collared workers like we talked about earlier, it's like very rough. it's a it's tough a very, job. Yeah, it it, very, it very, takes a beating on your body. Yeah, it's a very stressful. So, like, what do you field. do? To, like, I don't know. You got to keep yourself going, especially for some people who think, you know what, I'm gonna do this blue collar job until I'm 60, 70. Yeah, like you're old, and I'm yeah. sure you've run into a ton of old timers for sure. Oh, they've yeah, been doing definitely. it for oh, a long definitely. time. Yeah. But you personally, um, like, what do you think you've done? Or maybe even some examples of those old timers, which I'm sure their oh, answers are interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, I think I just always try to think to myself that it's a, a pride thing for me. It's, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to explain for myself, but it's, it's very prideful, and that's what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that I know that if I don't do this job, nobody gets supplies. Mm. You know what I mean? If everybody who's in this field, not not just me, you know what I mean? Because it's a collective. I've, no way one person could even run the railroad on their own, even close, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. if a collective of these people didn't do their job, nobody would be able to live their normal lives. You know what I mean? And it's it's You have to constantly try to think in a more positive manner because there are days, dude, where you're just like, oh my gosh, fuck all this. Why am I yeah. even doing this? Why don't I just sit in a nine-to-five desk job, mm-hmm. you know? what i mean um but for me it's 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 a very prideful thing for sure uh to keep up my mental health i don't know i've been i've been probably a little laxy daisy on that lately because mm. sometimes the job can get to you i understand that but the point is to be able to push through it and know that what you're doing has a purpose behind it for sure so you think it's kind of goes back to that old like saying that people that i think a lot of military use as well but just like american pride it is 100 percent. yeah yeah i mean and i've i've never let anybody rag on any job that anybody has Mm. i don't care if you're the janitor dude and you swap up one piece of dirt a day or if you are a navy seal you know what? Everybody does the same collective job to keep this world running. 
And you should have a sense of pride in that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't care if you're the janitor. You should still have pride in the job and the work that you do. You know what I mean? And that should be motivation to, to keep you going, for sure, in my opinion. I know that's hard to see, too, because, you know, some people, they find themselves in a in a shittier position, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's very down and dragging and, you know, things of that manner. But, yeah. For me, I just, I always try to think to myself, like, you know what, what I'm doing, it has a purpose behind it. You know what I mean? So I'm taking a little detour here, but I, yeah. I am curious to see what you think about it. Because I see it all the time now, and I, I know you have TikTok as well. But social media, I always see it. Uh, since we're in this weird, um, I would say, dating society now. Uh-huh. Um, the funniest yeah. thing I see the most, and it's the craziest thing to me. Uh, the funniest thing I see the most is I see women... <laughs> They'll post a video, and they basically say, what do we need men for? And I'm just like, okay. So I, I get that <laughs> there's probably a lot of men who mm-hmm. are douchebags, and yeah, maybe we don't really need that person. Like, what do we need men for? Whatever. I can I can understand your statement to maybe a degree, only because See, there's a lot of douchebags. But what, what do you we- need men for, though? Like, bro, they do a lot of the shit that nobody else wants to do. 100%. Like, who... I don't think I've ever met a woman garbage man or a garbage woman. Oh, like, and if you do, they're pretty crazy, and I'll give it to them. Yeah. and I have, but... And, you know, and to your point, like, you had a woman welder teacher, yeah, yeah. but she's probably an anomaly, right? Uh, for sure. You yeah. know, and then I'm sure you working with the railroad now, most of them are probably men. Not right? every field I have done has always been a more male-dominant position. Yeah. For sure. So yeah. when I see those videos, I'm just like, okay, like there's a lot of jobs mm-hmm. that almost exclusively are all men. That's all they do. Yeah. yeah so sure. what do you mean, what do we need men for? Like, yeah, you need them for a lot of that you know shit. And okay. I, and I think that's think it's a very weak mentality and i think it's ridiculous to even think of something like that because uh i don't care if you're man or female you, you definitely need both in yeah. this life 100 percent. because there are things that females do that i would never do oh 100 never ever do wouldn't even consider it i don't have the patience for it i don't have this i don't have that for it and i think it's just in our biology exactly our nature yeah. like 100%. yeah women are more uh uh not uh, what's the word it's not prenatal, but like more women are so nurturing, nurturing caring. caring. Yep. So they usually go into fields like that. Yes. Absolutely. Where you're dealing with helping people take care of It's within your nature. Yeah. And too many people. Now you can break out of that cycle for sure. Like oh, I said, 100%. like your women, yeah, yeah. your woman I've welder some teacher. Crazy girls that can do some crazy shit, but. Yeah. Like your woman welder teacher, like she's an anomaly. Oh, she broke out of that. Like, you know, I'm going to do this naturing, nurturing job, yeah. but, and she decided to uh, do a blue collar thing. Right. But it's still an anomaly. You can't say right, exactly. that it's not biology. No, it's not, for sure. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, I, I yeah. agree with what you're saying. Um, No, 100%, man. I, I don't care if you're male or female. You definitely need both in this life because yeah. <laughs> there are things, like I said, that, I, that females do that I would never do, ever. And I have seen things that there are males do, and I have... I actually asked like good female friends of mine. Mm-hmm. I said, "Would you do that?" And they said, "Absolutely, fucking not." Well, I got news for you. If there ain't nobody doing the job, we got a serious problem. Yeah, you well, know what I mean, it, I mean uh, you've <laughs> somebody's got to do it. You've illuminated me a lot on the road. I never thought about it in a lot of those regards, but like, uh, especially the supplies, like you said. Um, and yeah, I mean, for us, 
just I, you know I'm just speaking about the United States in general. I don't want to talk about all the other countries that probably have similar situations, of course. But you know, yeah, without <laughs> without our railroad workers, if nobody wants to do those jobs. Nope. What the hell are we doing? That's what I'm saying, yeah. And it always makes me chuckle a little bit, too, because, you know, there's always that famous saying that says, oh, if you see a trucker, thank a trucker. Yeah. And 100%. I totally yeah. respect the job that they do because, mm-hmm. honestly, I can drive truck. I have before, you know, I'm not going to say I did legally, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they're, but, they're a part of that supply chain, though. Yeah, but. Because um, if you don't have truckers, who's taking the supplies oh, exactly, off the trains? Exactly, yeah. And dis- distributing it basically across the oh, United yeah, States exactly. for us. Yeah, like, 100%, man. Who's doing it? And that's the thing. But you never ever hear about railroaders ever they're like an unspoken almost hero. like hero in a way yeah, yeah, yeah you know what i mean you never ever hear about railroaders dude and well because you don't see them as often no and you like, don't because truck truck trucks you see them and on, and they're on the freeway right most of the time you, you can see a oh, yeah, hundred trucks you can see a hundred trucks probably in a few miles on right. a freeway maybe. right 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 and most of the time they're just in your way and you're like yeah, oh, yeah. you know like fuck get out of the way yeah like, yeah blah, yeah, blah. yeah. For most of us, but a railroad, you know, like a train, you see it every yeah, once in a while, and alone. every once in a while, depending on where you're at, you're gonna, you know, wait for a train. Oh yeah, yeah. So because sure. you don't see them as often, and like you said, the it railroad falls to the back of your mind. Yeah, it falls sure. to the back of your mind. Yeah. Like you said, railroads run twenty four seven. So for the most part, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, for the most part, when we're asleep, that railroad's probably running. Yes. Like it's it's. You, your trains are probably going by us right now. We don't oh, even know, yeah. but we're here yeah, chilling, yeah. having this conversation, oh, and yeah. they're bringing us toilet paper, yeah, I don't yeah. Know, whatever you want to call right, it, right. whatever supplies we need. That's true. There's a there's a probably a, a train crew that has been working crazy ass hours, is away from their family, is not yeah. being able to have a normal life just to be able to bring us normal supplies. You know what I mean. And truck drivers are the same way. They drive all over the country, and you know mm-hmm. they're away from their families and doing so on and so forth. But see, and this is what, this is what I think goes back to like your statement, which I wish more people would get on board. Like I think both of us just need each other. Yes, men and women, they both need each other. Yes, I don't they know. Do. I can't stand. I don't know why we're shit. in this mentality now where each each one of us is trying to tear down the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm right. just like, why? Like no, we I'm both need you. each other. One hundred percent. You know, um, 100%. It's, yeah, it's just weird. If, you know, some of those videos, I swear, I, I feel like they're trying to reference maybe themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need no man. And See, that's, like, that's okay, what that's, I always wonder too. Yeah, Cause I'm like, like, all right, did fine. something happen to you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe yeah. where now this is where you just decide that you don't need any man. Yeah, so you yeah. just like have the reference, uh, you have the reference basically go to all men, like or whatever. Right, right. It's like, and and, okay. and that's the thing too is like you know I understand. I've met some very um, single, super independent women that are badass chicks, and yeah, you're right. They don't need a man to get through the life. But you know what? Having one extra person to help you out each day, as long as they are worth it, so yeah. to speak, um, it, it doesn't hurt. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and that's the problem is you know, and this is for males and females. You know, you have one bad experience, yeah, and, and it ruins everything. It ruins everything. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you get in these Facebook posts. I don't need no man. I don't need no woman. It's like, okay, yeah, you had a bad experience. It, it, there's a huge reference I like to use. You know, it's it's not a bad life. It's a bad day. Mm. You know what I mean? Chalk it up. It was a bad experience, but there's no reason to try to go through the whole rest of your life feeling that way. Feeling that yeah. way. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, granted, you don't get me wrong, guys are douchebags, but females yeah. can be the exact same way. It goes, it goes hand, both ways. It goes both ways. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, which is what we'll get hate for. One hundred percent. That it goes both ways. No, <laughs> it, it only goes one way. It's like, no, no, no it, goes it goes both, both ways. ways. Right? Yeah, this is chill. Yeah. Um, we'll need a female speaker on here one day that agrees, uh, <laughs> so we can all have the same reference. Yeah, no, I always uh, I had one girl on uh, a realtor. She has a podcast as well, and oh, nice. there was a few things that we talked about because it was about like relationships. That's what her podcast is about. Oh, okay. Uh, shout out to her ex wife Chronicles. Um, that's her podcast. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, it was talking Ex-wife about life chronicles. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All it, right. was, it was talking about like relationships and we talked about that on the show. Yeah, just sure. like how, it, how it is nowadays, just the craziness. But, yeah. 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 So yeah. So that, that would be the, the voice, I guess, of the woman yeah. on that side. Yeah. Well, I know, I know but, this episode is about, you know, my life, but we'll have to do a yeah, yeah. about, uh, motivation and, and yeah. stuff like that. Cause I definitely got my own opinion about oh, this I stuff know. too. I know. <laughs> that is for sure. Um, well, before before we close, I do want to talk about uh, a little bit of what you're maybe trying to do now, because I know for what maybe the last year you've been going through like this whole crazy oh firefighter yeah. thing that oh, you're yeah. thinking yeah, about. Yeah, so I'm doing. a firefighter as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and you're just one of the. Uh, not to discredit it at all, but you're the, like the volunteer, right? Yes, yeah, so no, fire. I'm the volunteer side, yeah. yeah. Well, and where I live, uh, without volunteers, like, pay doesn't even matter. Yeah. It's, without volunteers, your house is burning down, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, we, we run emergency lights to get to the scene, like everybody else, and I... It's so crazy that it's that small of a town that you can't even pay firefighters. It's just well, see, so you know, there's only is, a few, right? Well, no, this is the thing. We do have paid firefighters. But it's only a few, right? It is. Compared uh, to, like, you would say California. For sure. Um, oh, well, paid firefighters? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because California, yeah, sure. firefighters, there's no volunteers out here. No. Well, and that's because of the population mm-hmm. and the demand. See, like, with us, I do go to calls all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not so demanding to the point where we would need a paid staff 24-7. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and for anybody listening to this, as a firefighter, I promise you, I'm not a super volley. Okay. I, I just, to me, there is not a difference between a volunteer and a paid firefighter mm. because like, for instance, our, we do have paid guys, but our paid guys, they're literally only drivers. Oh, like we are, you the guys are doing the ground work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And whether you're paid or you're volunteer, I have respect. The utmost respect for both, but mm-hmm. I'm still doing the exact same job as a paid firefighter is. You know what I mean? Granted, I'm not sitting there 24-7. I'm not doing it, but every single time a call goes out for a house on fire or somebody's stuck or a car accident, I am, I'm still doing the exact same job. Mm-hmm. I have pulled or, you know, I have helped assist people getting out of buildings. I've put fires out. I've... Um, I've assisted some very nasty car accidents. I have seen some very gruesome things. I, yeah. you know what I mean? Like just because I, I feel like volunteers, they get put in this stigma that's like, Oh, you're just a super, you do it as a hobby. And it's like, well, I do you, do it as a hobby. When because, you think of volunteers, I think of old people. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, granted, you could call it a hobby if you want to a degree. It's a hobby for me that it's I enjoy. It's a fucking helping. dangerous hobby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I, 
it's a hobby, I guess you could call that I enjoy helping people, and that's why I did it. You know, I mean, I do it one hundred percent for free. I don't get any freaking commission. It's crazy that you're doing me. this on top of your full time job. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's nuts. Oh, and it's, oh, it's it's. Uh, Especially it's for somebody that's sometimes. just volunteer. Oh, right. Exactly. That's great. Oh, no, man. I could work a 16-hour day and get called at 2 in the morning because yeah. somebody got into a nasty car accident. And mm-hmm. you know what? My ass still gets up every single time and goes, granted, I have my days because, like, yeah. we get a lot of, like, fire alarm calls. And, you know, like, my So pay, sometimes it's not worth it. Ah, yeah. I, yeah. Get, I get a little lazy with this. That's the only benefit. I will say that. As being a volunteer, you don't probably, have to go. That's probably where paid does supersede us. I will oh, say that. Yeah. Because, like, volunteer-wise, that is the benefit of being a volunteer. You don't have to I go to every call. kind of pick and choose, yeah. yeah. But but that's because we have enough people. You know mm. what I mean? Like, if I don't go, somebody is going. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Paid, paid, or, um. Paid firefighters, no matter what they have, they have to, to go. That's their damn job. But yeah. then again, see the way I see it is like, yeah, but you get paid to do yeah. that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so I'm sense. not getting paid. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, I have to do that and then go to my job and mm. still work. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like, at least you're sleeping there in the building. You're hanging out there. You're ready to go. Yeah, you're ready to go. You know what I mean. Like, I just got off work. You know what I mean. And I'm trying to do this and then get yeah. enough sleep to go back to my job again. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. No, that makes sense. But, um, so. So since you're doing that, like, I know you're now, well, not, like I said, I'll believe it when I see it, but now you're trans, <laughs> you now you're trying the transition of about leaving New York and come to Cali. Yes, 100%. So you, is the firefighter thing something you want to do in California or no? You know, I've thought about it and, uh, honestly, I, I, I don't think it, I, it is. Mm. Um, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy helping people. I get a, um... I get a, like, you know what I was talking about earlier, like the pride thing for my job. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, being a firefighter is a super prideful thing. Mm-hmm. I I pride myself on a lot that I've been able to actually help as many people as I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think I would want to do it as a 24-7 job, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. it's I think for somebody to do that, it is very... You have to be 100% passionate about mm. it. Like, just, you need to be ride or die for the fire department. You know what I mean? And in my opinion, I'm not. You know what mm. I mean? Like I said, I enjoy helping people. I really do. But I just don't think I could see it as something like I do for the rest of my life, for sure. But, you know. So what do you think you might do out here? So, <laughs> that's where I've been, like, you're not sure kind of stuck. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like... I know what I want to do, but it's between a, f- a few different options, mm. and it's just how I'm going to progress that way. Like the the biggest thing that I think I'm going to work towards is being a uh, Mercy Air pilot, mm. um, or like Life Flight. You know those pilots. I do mm. that because like, I do uh, search and rescue, right? Or no? Is that uh, the same thing? No, or no, no. So this is like so Mercy Air or Life Flight or um, what do they call it out here in California? trying to think i was thinking like you're airlifting that's what it is it's an airlift yeah so basically if you're i'm I'm just gonna say uh mercy air because that's what we call it out in new york Mm. um but basically so if you're calling mercy air it's because um you're you're pretty much gonna die yeah for sure like if you do not get to the hospital immediately yeah um 
you're not going to make it. Like, okay. it's basically the ambulance cannot move quick enough or get to, to, get to you. an inner, or yeah, get to a, a good enough hospital quick enough. Hmm. So, Mercy Air basically is like your last fighting chance. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And I like the feeling of um, being able to know that, like, somebody is relying on me to basically save, save their, their life. life yeah you know what i mean like and it's not like an adrenaline thing i mean it is to a degree but i was gonna say there's an aspect it, it, of it, it is a little bit of an adrenaline thing because you gotta feel something for that oh you do yeah some people can want to help people but they would never do it in that circumstance correct yeah yeah it is a little bit of an adrenaline yeah thing. of course like, I, I hate to say this, like, to the general public, but firefighters... Uh, I think it's true, though. Oh, no, we have adrenaline behind it. Like, yeah. I'm not saying we wish upon house fires by any yeah. means, because we never, ever, ever want that to happen. But when we hear one goes out, mm-hmm. we're like, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I... You know what I mean? I think it's true, because, I mean... It's kind of an unspoken You know Mauricio, thing, but... right? My, oh, yeah, my yeah, buddy, yeah. who's who's ex-military? Like, uh, we, we still talk about it to this day. He's always like, damn it, man. He's like, I wish I would have seen a war. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I would have seen combat. And I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. like, dude, that's crazy. Why would you want that? And he's like, no, nah, man. He's And he and I get it. And, and from an outside perspective, I, I'm trying to understand his reasoning. Um, oh, you know, keep him in mind. Like, he basically just boiled it down to, dude, like, I trained every single day for, for nothing. Yep. Like, so... Yeah, I was upset that I mm-hmm. didn't get to use any of that training that I right. did for like four years right. straight, and I didn't get to ever use it. Right. So he's like, "Yeah, he's like, I it's something I wanted to do to like kind of go back to like the pride thing. Yeah. Like it was something I wanted to do. So it is. No, it's one hundred percent because it's crazy to hear that. Yeah. But I I can understand his reasoning, seeing it from an outside source yeah. or an outside perspective. Yeah, no, you know, and, I don't and, I don't fault him for that. No, and it's 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 one hundred percent a little bit, uh, you know, to a degree, an adrenaline thing. Because yeah. for instance, when I hear that a, a house is, I got a structure fire going on right that I need to get to. Am mm-hmm. I happy about the fact that somebody's house caught on fire? No, but am I happy about the fact that somebody is now relying on me mm-hmm. and my team of my buddies of firefighters to help them out? Absolutely. Yeah. Because now I know it, it it's just uh, it, it goes back to like the prideful thing for sure. It's somebody needs my help for sure. And I know that I'm going to do, I would sacrifice my life for sure. It's pretty much like having a gift and never being able to give it out to someone. Exactly, yeah. Like in that aspect, yeah. Yeah, 100%. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I, and that's the way I've seen it. We actually have like a firefighter's prayer that we have to say, or that mm-hmm. we say at every single meeting because 100%, every single one of us is under the understanding, even being volunteer. Yeah, that, might not come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we are all under the understanding that. We have a we have a saying too that basically it's it's like um, I gotta remember it. It's like uh, sacrifice a lot for a lot, sacrifice a little for a little type mm. of deal. So basically, you know, if a house is on fire but nobody's in it, I ain't gonna sacrifice my life for that. Yeah, I mean, property can always be replaced one hundred percent. Yeah, but if this building is raging and there's somebody on the inside. One hundred percent. I have no problem going into a building that is or a building that is raging fire just to try to save somebody for sure. I think that's another thing too is the fact that you're doing it for a random stranger. Exactly. I think that's yeah. what some people can't wrap their head around. Right. 
Because, like, dude, it's a random stranger. Like, yeah. Like, if it was, like, my mom in a burning building, like, yeah, I'd, oh, for yeah. sure, I'd 100% be running in there. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, or, or my nephew or something like that. Oh. Some, a loved one. Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. total sense, oh, right? right? Yeah. Um, but a random stranger, like, for some people that, you're like, dude, that makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, why would you risk your life for someone right. who has no idea who exactly. you are? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think that also goes back into, like, the military thing. You know, well, it's the fact that it's a it's a human life. They could be the trashiest person on the planet. They could be the most rich. They could be a horrible human being. Yeah. But at the end of the day, man, nobody ever wants to be caught in a situation where you're you're about to die. You know what I mean? Isn't it wild though that like, as a society now, we just like everyone just wants to hate on one another. One hundred percent. It's wild. It's It's wild that we're in that type of society now, yet. There's literally like people like firefighters or like military people who are literally putting their lives, even police officers. Yeah. Like I know police officers get a lot of hate nowadays. Oh yeah. yeah. But like they're literally putting their lives on the line to like help you live yours yeah. and like to keep you alive. Exactly. Yeah. EMTs, what yeah. all that shit. And 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 people, it's like what they, the fuck. Yeah. And but people, yet we're like, nah, I hate you. Yeah. You hate me. Like. Yeah. Oh, and that's the funny part, too, is, you know, they're always a nuisance when they're responding to emergencies, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're always like, oh, my gosh, I got to pull over now, or I got to do this, I got to do that. It's like, you know what? One day when it's your family, I promise you ain't going to be worried about that. See, that was my whole thing, like, when the whole, like, cop hate started. Mm -hmm. I was like, so, okay, I understand your frustration right now. I get it. It was a sensitive time, right? Uh, But who the hell are you going to call? Like, when someone breaks into your house. Who who are you gonna call? Yeah. There's no one else you to got call. Nobody else to call. There's nope. l- literally police are there for that. Yeah. Like who else are you gonna call? Well, you know what's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And uh, you know what's crazy too is like I don't remember if I talked to Angie about this. I'm, uh, I'm trying oh, to reference. I mean, we were like an EMT thing. Yeah, we were toasty most of Vegas, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I was telling it, it was either her or somebody, but based off the fact that basically you can be sued. For saving somebody's life. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Saying. Well. Yeah. We have the um the Good Samaritan law. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well. So. It, well. That 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 applies mainly to like general public saving your life. It does. But, well. Like. So if you're CPR certified. Yeah. Yeah. You I can't get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to. But like somebody like me. Well, I am I CPR can. certified. Oh right, right. No. Yeah. So, but that falls under the Good yeah. Samaritan law. So, like, yeah. technically, if you see somebody, you don't have to do anything about it. Yeah. But like somebody like me, like anybody who is physically trained, actually, if you're in that situation, you you are pretty much obligated. Yeah. To, you know what I mean? But it is. But like you said, it is crazy that like you could save someone's life. And yeah, they can and sue you. They over. Can, it's so weird yeah. to me. It's, oh, I've seen it happen before too. It makes no sense yeah. to me. I'm like. Uh, even if you were maybe like trying to kill yourself, mm-hmm. right? You're, you were suicidal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're upset that they saved your life. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, ah, oh, man. Like, I feel like if, if I was suicidal and someone saved my life, I feel like I would probably have a change, at least for me personally. You would have a, at least try to rethink it. Like, I would, yeah, I would try to rethink it and think like, holy shit, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being given another chance here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, but... Yeah. I mean, I know not everyone thinks well, like I, that. I know but. everybody might be thinking right now, too, about DNRs, which I do understand the whole DNR situation. Oh, do not revive? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, That's a, a very, I guess, probably touchy area, too, because yeah. most of the time, not to be whatever, but uh, the DNRs do not resuscitate. It's 
kind of applied in a hospital setting. In yeah. my opinion, it should be applied in a hospital setting. You know what I mean? Like, if you made it all the way to the hospital and the doctor revives you when there was a do not resuscitate order, you know, that's kind of understandable, I guess, to a degree. But, like, if you're an EMT in the field, you don't give a fuck about that paperwork. Or you're yeah. not thinking to myself, oh, no. while this person's in the middle of dying, let me make sure they don't have a DNR. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? no, no. And that's the problem. Because who's going through paperwork while exactly. you're trying to save someone's life? No. Yeah. No, your, no, only, your only job in that instance is to save that person's life. Yeah. That's your only yeah, job. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but, yeah, yeah. it's um, it's a very strange yeah world we live in mm-hmm. especially when it comes to first responders it's yeah i know they yeah, get a bad rap right now yeah. or for the last few years at least but when people are people are just very very impatient you know what i mean and and don't get me wrong i get it too I'm, i get it very impatient sometimes too but you know when it comes to things like that you just need to realize that you know if that was you yeah. if that was your family if that was your life you would want that person to be doing. You'd hundred percent change. Yeah. yeah. You, oh, well, yeah. You would change your whole perspective. You, yeah. yeah. When it when it's not you, you're 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 against it. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But dude, when when it when it comes down to you, your family, like, there's no way you're not calling. No. Like, and he, you know what it is to. This is going to be a little bit of a kind of a, a sidetrack story, but you know, mm. it it even boils back to man, people just they just don't help each other out anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. I've, I've been in so many situations where, like, somebody's broke down on the side of the road. And granted, I get it, especially even out here in California. Yeah, you don't want to trust certain people. Yeah, certain but, areas you don't always yeah. want to help. But you know, but I get it. Yeah. But, but you know, homie, me and you back in the day, I don't know if you remember this, but man, we, like, do you remember that time we were going to the movie theater and we were at the intersection? Which movie theater? Oh, what was it? Like, Banning? Redlands, maybe? I want to say Redlands. I think it was Redlands. Okay. It was, or no, is there one in Moval? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is, okay. There's one in Moval. For some reason, I get the feeling like it was in Moval. Okay. But anyway, it was at a big intersection, and we were turning left. Well, I don't know if you remember, but that freaking minivan was broke down across the way in front of us. Dude, we put that damn thing in park, and we pushed him all the way to the, yeah. the uh, I, I think that. it was like a gas station. Yeah, or some yeah. Sort of, you know what I mean? Just but at like, least get him off the freeway. I think. Yeah, you know what I mean? But dude, like he was trying to push the car by himself. By himself, yeah. yeah. And we were just, dude, the light had changed like three times before we even got it. We just parked yeah. the car right there, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that, that should happen more often, in yeah. my opinion. People should want to help each other out. Like, I get it. You see a broke down car on the side of the road, you know, 90% of the time they probably got somebody coming anyway. And there's been situations in life where shit has happened and I understand that. But yeah, I mean like nothing irks me more, man, than to see a situation like that and just sit there and watch them. Yeah. And everybody would just sit there and watch the dude struggle. It's like, yeah, I mean like what is an inconvenience to you to get your ass out of the car for five seconds and just help out? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's my opinion. That's probably why I'm a firefighter too, though. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, everybody's got a different perspective. So, so sometimes it, you just have a different, uh, like, nature about you. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah, it, it, that's yeah. understandable. But and I think a lot of it also comes from your upbringing. Yeah, it's true. You know, I agree with how that. you yeah, how you uh, react to like your environment around you and yeah, like yeah. It, it, there's so many factors, For so sure. many variables. But I totally agree. Um. You know, 
I think you, well, I think coming out to California is a great idea. But, uh, <laughs> For anybody that is curious, <laughs> even though I have not been on the show till the 50, what is it? Uh, this is f- episode 54. 54th episode. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I should have been on the first. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Dustin is like my brother. Yeah. We we call each other cousins, but uh, yeah, we're, we're for anybody that doesn't know us, yeah, we're very very close. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but I think when you come out to California, though, like yes. it seems like any profession you pick, it's it sounds like it's going to be helping people in yeah one I, I form think, or another. Yeah, I think I I think that's what I need to try to stick with, even yeah. if I do it as like a side thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Even if I. I go off and do something crazy, like even if I turned out to be like an airline pilot or yeah, yeah. or something totally different. You know what I mean? I feel like there's always got to be a piece of me still that it does something to help out people, even if yeah. I did like an EMT job as part time or, or I could just see something. you as an EMT for some reason. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, why yeah, I yeah. could. Um, you know, just just something to just feel because for me, helping people is what gives me a like sense of self-worth mm-hmm. in a way i guess you could say like it's what makes me feel uh good about myself i know? think for sure regardless of what it is uh you're definitely not the type that's gonna be the normal nine to five sit in a cubicle no, no, I like never do that. there's no, no way you, yeah like you're gonna be moving one way or another yeah, i don't know what sure. it will be yeah uh but you're gonna be moving one yeah, way or another. Sure. hands I, feet like I just, you just, I don't yeah. picture you doing this. Yeah, I'm gonna sit in a cubicle and uh, click a computer oh, board God, no, for dude, eight hours. Nuts. Yeah, I don't. I can't I, even. I definitely don't see that yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, like I, I said, I don't know what you'll do, but I don't see yeah. anything like that though. No, I'd go crazy. Yeah. I'd absolutely go yeah. crazy. Yep, <laughs> yeah, no yeah. way. I and that's the thing. See, that's where I go back to being a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. Uh-huh. And, oh, and it's that's kind of why. Like I call myself, a, or I don't call myself, and my family does too, but a gypsy mm-hmm. is like I need like a constant like stimulant. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds weird, but it's like I need something to be constantly like either changing or feeding mm-hmm. my brain or or constantly giving me like. Some type of like, okay, yeah, this is this is worth it. Mm-hmm. This is what you're doing, you know, type deal. And I, and you know, we've talked about this before, but this is why I'm I'm moving back. Like, yeah, I should have moved back two years ago. And you know the situation on why I didn't, but I know it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it is what it is. But um, uh, I have been just oh, god awful miserable living out there, and I think it's because I have lost. That no, you got comfortable feeling. just doing something exactly. and that's what it is every yeah. day and granted the firefighting thing it, it's it's helping it is it is helping yeah, it, yeah. it is what keeps or it gives me a boost mm-hmm. you know to kind of keep like pushing but it's not enough to, and, yeah. and and i've even and even people out there like um my work partner steve get along with him great he's actually a great dude um Hey, you know, and he, he tells me he's like you know what man he's like those are your people out there he's mm. like that's where you belong. He's like, you know, and he's like, if you feel that, you know, that gives you some type of satisfaction or he's like, this feels where you belong to make you happier. He's like, then you need to just do it 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause he's like, there's no sense in keeping yourself in a miserable situation. Dude, you're 25, just, bro. I know. Yeah. I like, know. it's not even like you've lived, you know, oh, I like, feel old. I could tell you that. I, well, I mean, I would assume these type of jobs definitely wear you out like that, yeah. but well, you hey. just said my age. Most people probably think I'm like 46. I mean, probably, but hey, <laughs> no. y'all, like he's 20. He's only 25. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm very young, but uh, I've done a lot. Yeah, you've done, like done a you've lot. You've done a lot in a short. I mean, so you graduated high school at 18, so 
Dude, like six, seven years, yeah, really? Like of a bunch of crazy <laughs> ass know. hard jobs. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, do you even know when we used to talk all the stories of uh, yeah. Jensen, dude? I yeah. got stories up the ass. <laughs> That's what I mean. Shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of stories that could turn this into a twenty-four hour podcast. Oh, but, for sure. Yeah, uh, for we sure. don't we don't have that. We talk forever. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I get it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. It's not like you're 50 and no. you want to have like this like radical change now no, exactly. and figure out something else. But like, but that's the thing though too, man, is I, I don't want that feeling to change either because that's yeah. actually what keeps me moving forward. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I, I like, I almost like the feeling that I feel like I don't have enough time or that I'm running out of time because it keeps me... Well, I mean, essentially, we are running out of time. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, to a degree. Like, but we're all going to die one There's day. a lot of people, though, that are like, oh, you know, you're only 25. I know. Like, you know. And then next thing you know, the problem is you wake up when you're 45 and yeah. you're like, fuck, dude, what have I done with my life? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And I, I don't ever want that to happen. So the, mm-hmm. the fact that I like in my head, I'm like... No, you know, like I'm getting older now. I need to get this figured out. It mm. keeps me at least moving. You know what I mean? Because I feel like if I get the stagnant feeling where I'm like, oh, I'm only 25. I got to tell I'm 80. You know what I mean? Then that to me is where you get like stagnant. Yeah. And then and then you will wake up when you're like 50 and you're like, wow, I guess I, <laughs> I really did do nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, but it, it keeps my mind constantly like trying to strive forward, you mm. know, for something, but. I mean, that's a pretty good segue into our ending point here. Uh, you know, it's a question I ask everybody. Um, you know, what's to end the show, you know, what does success mean to you? You know, I've had maybe very back and forth different opinions about this. And the more I've thought about it, the more I realized for me personally... Success means to just be happy with what you have accomplished in life and, and and just feel that you have either made a difference or that you have had some type of self-accomplishment for yourself. You know what I mean? And, and like you said, success is different for everybody, but for me, it the day I'll feel successful is when I feel like I'm just happy with what I did with life. And to be honest with you, I've almost came to the point where that actually might never come Mm -hmm. because I'm the type of person who, when I feel like I've accomplished one thing, I will do something to keep it going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I've, I've had other buddies like that too, who actually believe that, um, success almost in a way can never be accomplished because, they are constantly doing something that was better than the last. You yeah, know what I mean? you're, see, you're looking for the next challenge, right? Really. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But to me, in a, just a general term, I guess you could say, is just feeling happy with whatever you did in life. You know what I mean? Um, and that could be having kids. It could be you found your dream job. It could be, I don't know, you mountain biked uh, the big, largest mountain in the world. You know what I mean? Um. But for me personally, I, I think that to a degree, success might never be reached for me because I'm always trying to serve or strive for maybe something that's better than the last. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But that's okay to me too. Like I, I don't have a problem feeling like I might never reach it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But then again, I, I feel like I actually would reach it when I do feel happy with whatever situation I'm in. You know what I mean? Like, to me, success isn't, you know, family and kids and all that. To me, success is just being able to be comfortable with where I ended in life. You know what I mean? To be able to, like, be on my deathbed and say that, you know what? Through all the bad and all the good, um, I either made a difference or I accomplished something, mm -hmm. you know, throughout my entire life. And as long as I could ever feel that at some point in life, I'd probably be totally fine. And and like I said, or the fact of even if I felt like I just needed to keep striving for something, mm -hmm. that too, I, I probably wouldn't definitely have no problem with it. But, yeah. That's a, a pretty good answer. Yeah. No, that's all right. <laughs> everyone, uh, everyone has a different opinion on it. Yeah, that's um, for sure. And you kind of pointed that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, is there uh, anything you want to say before I... Before I end it, I don't know. No, man, I, I don't think so. This is this has been a good talk, man. I two hours. Is it two hours? Yeah. Oh, see, we were going for the one hour mark. That didn't happen. I know. Well, <laughs> one hour mark is minimum, uh, but it always just depends yeah, on the yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. No, I'm but, glad we were able to talk a little bit about yeah. it. But no, no, I, I'm, I think I'm good, man. I just, you know, for anybody out there listening, for sure, just, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, times get tough they do they really do trust me i have i have felt like you know even myself personally for the past two years that i've just been stuck in a rut you know what i mean for sure and just just felt like i was in a stagnant place but you know what it's you can always change it and you have to rely on yourself never rely on anybody else to change anything for you um you know you need to be the one who's in control of your life and and pushing forward and always striving for something better because at the end of the day, um, whether you got friends or family, it's up to you. Um, you can, you can look at your friends or family and tell them day in and day out what to do. You need to do this. You need to do this. This is what will make you better. But if you don't physically make those changes for yourself, it won't matter. I mean, you you have to want to change it for yourself for sure. But yeah, no, no. For anybody out there who feels like they're stuck or in a rut. Just know, yeah, you can for sure pull yourself out of it, 100%. Right. It's it's a struggle, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I get the whole mental thing. It is hard to overcome because I've been stuck in it myself too, but it's, it's definitely not impossible, you know, but. I agree. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to end it there, but uh, thank you for tuning in to, to today's episode. Uh, and remember that, you know, life is beautiful, so why not make it an adventure? Why not make it as fun as possible? Oh, so yeah. we'll catch you next episode, guys. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Your Adventure Podcast with Dustin Emery. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this podcast. And we hope that you've been truly inspired and motivated. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Instagram at Your Adventure Podcast. Until next time, this is Your Adventure Podcast signing off.